Friday, January the 7th, 2022. I actually had to stop the, the beginning of this because I said 2021. It's not. It's 2022. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. We were a little late on the episode this week, mainly because uh, I put my head through the window on my door. So everything was backed up a little bit for a couple days. Yeah, serious. Uh, seriously, that, that ended up happening. Now, all good. Everything's fine, and we just needed to push some of the things that I normally record on Thursday to Friday, so we're all good for you. If you need help with Friday Santa Anita Racing, you can head to social media. I posted a video of Best Bets on there, actually showed you some of the past performances and everything. On this episode, we are going to get into Friday Sam Houston, so I'm going to try to get through this quick because I want to make sure I get this out to give people plenty of time to listen to the Sam Houston stuff for Friday night. They had a great opening night. They crushed it, setting all sorts of records. Shout out to Sam Houston. We're going to talk Friday Sam Houston, Saturday Gulfstream, Saturday Santa Anita, Saturday Sam Houston, Saturday Santa Anita Pick'em, stable dual stuff for the weekend, NFL Week 18 with Eric, final week of the year, and wrestling with Chad Cooper on this episode of That's What G Said. That is presented by BetterThan.Vegas at BTV Bets. If you want to give them a follow on Twitter, we have a live stream schedule coming up that's going to be shifting from NFL and it'll be changing to basketball, college basketball, tennis, um, golf, wrestling, more pop culture stuff. Give them a follow at BTV Bets. BetterThan.Vegas. Vegas. We'll be doing a lot of horse racing live streams over there too. BTV Bets. Check them out on Twitter. We're going to get into NFL Week 18 with Eric in just a moment. Before we do, want to let you know about Sarah Candles, one of the longtime sponsors of That's What G Said podcast. All natural soy wax candles, free from toxins, free from carcinogens, free from pollutants. That promo code G-I-N-O, it'll get you 10% off your purchase from sarahcandles.com. So you want to set the mood. You're looking for something all natural. Soy wax. Non-toxic, baby. Scents for every season. Now don't be afraid, baby. Just spell it out. C-E-R-A candles. Dot com. Forget promo code Gino gets you ten percent off. Mm-hmm. For the first time ever, we are into NFL Week 18. Yes, uh, another game this year, and Eric has been here with us every single week. He was here to preview uh, the season before, talk fantasy before, and uh, Eric. Now is the now it's time where. A lot of these teams are in the playoffs. Now they're jockeying for playoff position. A couple teams are battling for their playoff lives, need to win and get in, maybe need a little bit of luck. We're going to go through all of the, uh, the the what ifs, the possibilities. We'll talk about each game, like always, from the betting lines. But thanks again, man, for being here with us each and every week. And uh, and we've made it this week, and then we're on to the playoffs. I know the season's flying past. I mean, it's been a great season. Look to finish strong. You know, week 18, we're at some un- uh, uncharted territory but you know let's see if we can keep on making some money and like always uh we will have a couple different times that you can hang out with us and talk about these games so we'll be talking about the games right now uh here on the podcast then on saturday we'll preview the two saturday games this week we'll have an episode of fourth and inches what time we say we're gonna go eric three eastern 
Yeah, is that right three. on Saturday? And then yeah. on Sunday we'll be at our normal time, 11 a.m. Eastern time. And then once the playoffs all get set up, we'll let you know a little early in advance. But we will have shows every day. There's at least one playoff game. If there's a game, we will have a show, no doubt about it. Eric and I have been uh, kind of talking back and forth about possibly doing a um, a maybe a watch along for the conference finals or maybe one of the uh, one of the playoff games. So conference championships. So we'll we'll talk more about that and uh, we'll do our best to keep. Doing those look ahead in the first look that we've been doing on Instagram, giving you all that content, Eric. Lots of lots of stuff going out there. It's been pretty good over these last few weeks. You know what? If you've been listening to us and you know hitting hitting some the things, I mean, you had the Raiders last week. I had the Cardinals last week. You know, you guys should be up, and that's what we're trying to do. Help you guys make some money, and you know, grind out grind out cash, be in the books. That's what it's all about. So this is a tough week, uh, just from a pure gambling standpoint. This is usually one of my lighter weeks because, you know, there's a game, there's a couple games that you'll like and you'll pick out, and maybe you'll want to play against some teams. But a lot of these games that mean is that don't mean much. It's sort of harder to decipher. You have a lot of games that are sitting quarterbacks, sitting players. So you know, I'll, I'll have a few spots like always, and we'll give you you know our leans and things we think about each of these games. But I'll definitely probably myself have. A little lighter slate as far as the amount of spots and things that I jump into because the next couple weeks, those are when we'll really, really be able to dive and uh, come playoff time. It's fun. It's, I think especially for player uh, for players like us who are are v- very like anti chalk players, you know, that playoffs are fun because so much public and popular money goes towards those heavy favorites and those really, really public teams. Yeah, uh, this is a great time of year. I mean, you know. You can make money. This is the time you have to make money, and this is the time you have to be smart with how your bets and not try to chase. And with the way live betting is, if you miss the number, it's so easy to get into it live. Or if you just don't get involved early in anything, right? If there's something that you're like, eh, like you said, maybe for whatever reason you missed the number or you're just – Sometimes you wait, 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 and it's just too late, and you "Ah, you, maybe I should have gotten involved there. Jump involved, get uh, in a live play, and you know maybe – Throw a future in early on on one or two teams that are a little bit bigger prices that you think might have a shot. If you were playing any kind of futures or stuff like that, I definitely wouldn't want to play any t- sort of chalk teams, especially with all the COVID stuff. You know, um, the the protocols have changed, so teams aren't likely to be missing players for as long. But somebody gets put in protocols two or three days before a game, they're they're probably in some trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we saw it with the Cowboys game that we're going to talk about. They had two starters that just went on the list, hence the line dropping by two points. Yep. Just okay. in the last couple hours. Let's jump on into NFL Week 18. First time ever, Week 18. We start on Saturday. We've got Chiefs Broncos. That's going to be at 4:30 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday. So the Chiefs head in here. They are 11 and five, and Denver comes in at seven and nine. Chiefs are eight and eight against the spread, which is pretty remarkable. Thinking about where they were uh, early on in the year, where they were just awful for a stretch against the spread that was from last year leading into this year. Denver seven and nine ATS. Now for the Chiefs, let's talk a little bit about uh, what they could need in this uh, this Saturday Sunday. So they've already clinched the AFC West. They have an opportunity to get the number one seed and a first round by home field advantage through the uh, through the playoffs on the AFC side with a win. And a Tennessee loss or tie Or a tie and a Tennessee loss So basically they win Tennessee loses or ties Kansas City will get the one seed Tennessee is playing the Texans They're a big favorite on the road But they lost to the Texans earlier in the year 
And that's what does keep a lot of these teams on the AFC side at least involved, and in particular Kansas City because they're playing on this Saturday. So what this spread is now what eleven and a half? It was ten the other day. I think it bumped up to like eleven and a half. And um, they aren't going to be in a situation where they know what happened with Tennessee yet. So they're going to be playing hard, trying to win this game, and then put the pressure on Tennessee. That way, if Tennessee loses, they'll get the number one seed. Um, I don't know. Like I look at this game and I, they've already won this game. So, I mean, the, the trend I'm going to, I found out I'm going to say for later, but I look at like, if Kansas city gets up big, why are they going to absolutely like play their starters? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no, this number's big. I mean, it's been flirting around 10 and a half, 11 and a half. I mean, the reality of the situation with the way I am, I'm going to be playing Denver. Um, now I'm gonna w- just wait though, right? Because it's not yeah, going. I'm gonna wait. This it's, thing could get up huge yeah, come before Saturday. Yeah, so I'm gonna be on Denver, um, just because I feel like this is kind of like a quote-unquote look-ahead spot. You know, they mm-hmm. really, you know, they really. It's not college football where you get rewarded for blowing people out. No, not at all. Um, so they win. Just, they win, I'm and they're up in. by three scores, and then you know, two seventeen points, and then you're back door. You know. Yeah. And that's back what door. it comes down to. And Denver likes to run the ball. Casey does kind of struggle defending the run, you know, as we saw last um, last time they played when Javante Williams went crazy on him. Um, so I'm going to be on Denver here. I'm just going to wait, though, until probably like right before kickoff, trying to get the yeah. best number I can. I agree. We go Cowboys-Eagles for our second Saturday game. This one's at 8.15 Eastern time on Saturday. So this game has moved uh, a few days ago. It was like seven, seven and a half. Now it's down to... Cowboys a five point favorite on the road So for these two teams right now The Eagle they're both in the playoffs The Cowboys clinched the NFC East division title Now the Cowboys can still I think maneuver up And or you know they can get a better spot But it's not going to really matter It'll matter about who they play Not necessarily anything more than getting a home game They won't get the buy or anything like that For Philly they are they are also in the playoffs, but they're kind of settled in as well. They yeah. are set right. They're settled into the sixth spot right now. Well, I mean six or seven, kind of. Yeah, and then depending there. on who wins, they can either be six or seven based on tiebreakers. Yeah. What the last spot in the NFC is going to end up going to either the uh, the Saints or the Forty Nine ers. So this is a game where you know you've got um, Eagles, a lot of Eagles stuff. So uh, hey, you know what? Part one. You made you got the you got them to make the playoffs. You sniffed this out really early when they changed their you know their philosophy and their scheme. And what's nice is that a lot of it came down to that change plus the schedule, right? It wasn't like yeah. they looked completely dominant in some of the spots down the stretch, but it was an easy schedule. They sort of got the benefit of the doubt. They put themselves in a good spot and they didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. They just run the ball well. And so it you know it you play against another bad team, you run the ball, you score a few times, they don't, and they don't get the ball much. Yeah. And that that's yeah. just what they started doing. So they're a team that's kind of fun because, you know, they probably, maybe they can't win four in a row. I don't know. They sure have a nice template, though. They they know who they are. When they get committed to the run, it's just like one of those things where, hey, we're going to run. See if you can stop us, and then we have multiple guys that can run. We have a quarterback that can run, and we have a pretty solid defense. We have some playmakers there, and we can just kind of throw different looks at you, 
And we need to make one or two big plays And you know they are going to have a puncher's shot in some games. What do you think about this spot, though? Did you play this earlier? What do you this think about spot, the now? Like, there is a massive COVID outbreak going on with the Eagles. Word is they're going to rest players because they really don't have anything to play for. You know what I mean? They're locked in. Where they finish in the playoff is determined if the Saints win and the 49ers win that scenario. So Zero reason to play yeah, key players in this yeah, spot. So None. There's really no, like, but then on the flip side, Dallas is the same way, but I don't know if you remember McCarthy had that Packers team where he rested everybody, and then the next week in the playoffs they lost to the Giants. And the thing about Dallas is they haven't looked good for a while. They haven't looked good for they didn't look good last week. They the only game they've looked good in about the last five weeks was the game against Washington where they blew them out and Washington was missing a ton of players and Heineke was just coming back and they just looked awful. Other than that, even the games they won, they haven't looked very good. Their defense has been fine, but Dak hasn't been incredible. Yeah, I don't – I mean, this is a stay away for me. Yeah. I mean, it's Cowboys or anything. you know. But, yeah. I mean, then again, they just came out like Smith, they're starting left tackle, COVID. Brown, they're starting cornerback, COVID. Parsons, COVID. So, I mean, they're starting to get a little COVID outbreak. I mean – It's a much Lamb better number now yeah. than the seven, you know. Yep. Lamb was at the – um at the uh, watching dirt, there's some dirt retirement ceremony, I guess, today. He <laughs> was there courtside with no mask on. So, you know, I mean, anything's possible, but I mean, for me, it'd be Cowboys or no bet here. Dallas, uh, 11 and 5, straight up 12 and 4 against the spread this year. And Philly, 9 and 7, straight up 8, 7 and 1 ATS. We get to Sunday, Packers, Lions. The Packers are a three and a half point favorite on the road. Packers have locked everything up. They're the number one seed. They get the buy in the NFC, and and we're probably going to have Aaron Rodgers as your uh, your most valuable player. So the Lions are it's a it's kind of a good spot for the Lions, Eric. You know, every year there's a couple teams like the Lions. This year sort of feels like it's the Lions, the Texans, and the Jets who have been those feisty underdogs down the stretch. That if you you know the, the, some of the the underdog players. Can get a good, you feel like you get a good run for your money with those teams because they they just they're trying really hard they're pretty well coached it seems like they like their coaches at least and they go out there and battle for you know undermanned under talented teams but there's zero for Green Bay to play for in here and if this thing is at, over over the field goal I think you got to take the Lions and play a little money line action with them just feeling feisty trying to you know continue to have a nice win to build more momentum into the offseason for a new coach who I think. A lot of people are pretty excited with the job that he's done, and you say what? Excited with the job that this guy's done? They're two and thirteen, you know, or two twelve, whatever, you know. That's high, two twelve and one, but they're ten and six ATS. They're one of the best ATS games in the in the league. They're really, really honest. They do their best. It sounds crazy, like it sounds what I'm telling a bunch of kids. They do their best, right? They just do their, but they do. They go out there and they they fight, and that's that's a lot more than many professional teams do when their seasons are over. I'm on the Lions in here at the plus three and a half and a little money line. Um, My strategy for this is, according to what I'm reading and hearing, Rodgers and Adams, they're going for some records. Uh, Rodgers has some contract incentives. He's trying a couple to get. series. Um, so I think they're going to play the first half. I mean, I'm looking at Rodgers' um, contract incentives right right now. He gets a bonus if he finishes in the top three of total touchdown passes. Um, Mahomes is in front of him. Mahomes plays earlier. 
Uh, I think he's going to play till he gets over Mahomes and he's going to sit out. You know, if that's a quarter, yeah. if that's a second quarter, you know, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. When that happens, I will live bet the Lions. That's kind of my strategy. I'm going to nice. sit this one out pre-flop. I'm going to try it because I figure I'll be able to get a better number. If once, they get up, uh, especially if Rodgers yeah. is up early, in there early, yeah. they they get up, then you can get a, yeah, a little then bit more inflated on so the Lions there like, too. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of my, my thought on this. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like everyone's saying like these teams don't have anything to play for. In my eyes, the only team that doesn't have anything to play for is the Packers because all these we guys won. are trying to put, yep, yeah, trying to put stuff on film, all these contract incentives. So yeah, it's, I would I would look to play Lions live after the Packers get up. Packers this year uh, are, yeah, thirteen and three, twelve and four against the spread. We move along to Steelers Ravens and the Steelers. They've got a. Tiny, tiny, tiny outside remote chance. So for Pittsburgh, they need the hold on, let's see where we got Pittsburgh. They need a win, an indie loss, and a Raiders Chargers game to not end in a tie. So they need a lot to go to go down, plus they need to win. They're actually a four and a half point underdog now. On the road in this game, Pittsburgh this year is seven seven and one. They are six nine uh, six and nine ATS. Baltimore is eight and eight. They are eight and eight ATS. Baltimore four and a half point favorite here. Big Ben's possible swan song. He's been kind of cagey about it's just like for sure saying he's done. You know, he's going to sort of say, yeah, well, this last game I want to play with them and this and that. So I don't know if it's like they're trying to push him out and maybe he tries to go somewhere next year. or And and, and, and I mean, he just doesn't seem like he's got much left. So I'm, we're assuming this is it for for Big Ben. Do you have any uh, opinion in this Steelers Ravens game? Four and a half, 41 and a half is the total. I mean, have you ever do you ever remember a game where a quarterback? What was he? I mean. He finished, he attempted like forty three passes in that Monday night game, and he had like what a buck twenty three. He attempted forty twenty four for forty six at a buck twenty three with a two point seven average. Yeah, he had like twenty completions <laughs> at one point, and it had ninety six yards. I mean, it was just <laughs> it was like what is boy, going on? My boy Deontay Johnson, eight receptions for thirty one yards. <laughs> eight receptions. What for is that? Yards. They're just all behind the line of scrimmage. Just everything, I mean, just. Oh. And then, did you see like the Snoop telecast? Like the Snoop was on the Manning cast when he did. Like, it was like fourth and long, and then third and long, and they did like a two-yard tight end screen. Snoop was going crazy. It was hilarious. Um, in terms of the game, Deontay Johnson's gone. That's another playmaker. Well, he could be gone. He was put on the COVID list today. That's another playmaker, which is big. Uh, we really have no idea who's going to play quarterback for the Ravens. Uh. And Lamar mispracticed again. A lot has to happen for the Ravens to make the playoffs. This game, for me personally, is kind of I got I got a Ravens future to win it all, and I have a um, the under in the Steelers, which was the biggest wager for my future market, and that was an eight and a half. There, a for what I'm going to do personally with the position that I'm in is I'm just going to put a little bit of money on the Steelers' money line just to kind of protect myself, mm-hmm. at least lock Makes in sense. a little profit, just because I was so high on this under eight and a half wins for the Steelers. That's what I'm going to do personally. 
think I said um, eight and eight and eight. Uh, I think I said seven, seven and one. Yeah, they're eight, seven and one right now. You and I were yeah. we're big under yeah. them. And Bal- Baltimore needs a win, a Chargers loss, a Colts loss, and then a Miami loss or tie. Yeah, All, they need a lot of stuff. A lot of things to happen. Uh, I will say this: a trend I saw. It looks like any time the spread has been over three, it has the favorite has only covered twice. And like, and there's only been a handful. There's only been eight during the Harbaugh Tomlin rivalry. There's only been like, um, I think like eight or nine times that's happened. So I mean, these games are always historically close. I too kind of feel feel though that Pittsburgh's kind of in for a little bit of a letdown um, after the Monday night, the emotional win. So yeah, I mean, for me, in my betting situation, I'm going to bet Pittsburgh, but I wouldn't advise anyone to bet this game. Yeah, next game sort of a, a weird one also You've got the Browns, they're a six point favorite At home, there's the Bengals Who have uh, COVID issues and They don't really have a lot of reason to play uh, Some of their Players, they've got the AFC North Division title, now they actually Still could win the number one seed And get a first round buy and home field advantage But they will know By Sunday because If if Kansas City wins they they're they're going to be in trouble because they need a win. Tennessee loss, Kansas City loss, and then a New England loss or tie. So they well, need I mean, a lot. They, yeah, but they already yeah. said Burrow Burrow isn't playing, and he's I mean, not Burrow. Yeah. yeah, he's not playing. I, it doesn't make sense for them to really play a lot of their their key guys. And then you got the Browns who have said you know Baker's already going to get surgery. There's a lot of weird stuff. It's just been a bad year for the Browns. You know, disappointing. And it's funny because it feels like such a bad year, but man, you dig into their schedule and it's like. There are four games that so easy. KC, the Chargers, the Ravens the first time, the Steelers the first time. All of those games could have the Raiders. That's five yep. games. They had a they lot could of have stuff that just didn't flipped. go their way. Wow. And you know, and, and it was some like you know we were high on them, and I was super high on them. And it was a, like there were a lot of things that were their own fault, right? There were some things that weren't. There were some games where it's like, ah, oh, they got a bad bounce, or that was weird. But there were a lot of game and. And the team that they are now or the team that they were towards the end of the year, they weren't the team and the roster that a lot of the people who were high on them thought were expecting them to have. They didn't have those two awesome running backs. Hunt was banged up most of the year. Their offensive line was almost never fully intact, which is what a lot of people were banking on with them. They have that incredible offensive line, that incredible backfield, and then it takes a lot of pressure off Baker. This year, the pressure was on Baker, and he didn't handle it very well. He was also... You know, hurt it looked like, but Stefanski was pretty disappointing in a lot of spots too. I didn't see him take the step forward that we would have hoped as a second year coach. So, you know, just a lot of a lot of bad, a lot of negative um, for them. So I don't, I mean, I wouldn't want to lay the six with them. There's not going to be a lot going on on the Bengals side. This is just going to be a stay away for me. So first of all, did you see the report that came out today that? Mayfield was so frustrated with Skafanski that he wanted um, him to surrender play calling duties. Yeah, well, the, the he kind of was talking a little bit about it. They they set themselves up this weekend with, in the offensive line where they had this rookie lineman going against Watt one on one, just leaving him out to dry. It was just it was weird. It was a situation that sort of looked like that. Like they must not be getting along very well. And and but I. I hate it when these coaches get stubborn and I don't like I I I don't I know you're a coach and I was too and I would have never done that like there's one if you get frustrated or upset with a player 
you know, you talk to them, you do what you can, but I don't know. I, I hate like the putting them in a in a spot to fail because then they could get hurt and stuff. Like Baker was look like could have been seriously hurt. He was in a terrible spot and he was again, he wasn't good, but there's just a lot of bad energy there, Eric. I'm just gonna stay away from this game totally. Um, yeah, me too. But you and I have talked Browns football forever. How long have I been talking about Nick Chubb needs the ball more? It, it's long? so I've it's been so talking about simple. This for two years with you. You know what it's I mean? So it's so simple. It's just kind of getting the mainstream. Like even Manning was saying during the Manning cast, he was like, he's your best player. Why isn't he getting the ball? Why isn't he on the field? And that stiff arm that he gave, um, what is that, third quarter, I believe, to the guy in the Steelers, where he planted him behind the long line of scrimmage with his non-dominant hand was just as good as the Derrick Henry um, stiff arm from the um, tight, from the, God, I forget who the Titans were playing that game. But, um, but no one's talking about it. It's like it Nick awesome. Chubb is like the best player that nobody effing talks about. It's, 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 over they don't use him. They, they, they just don't. don't. It's so. It was really disappointing for the Browns this year. Um, yeah, that's just a bummer. Bummer. We'll see. Let, let me ask you this. I heard this on the radio. This guy. Uh, this guy was saying this. Is he was making bold predictions for next year, and his bold prediction was Jimmy Garoppolo to the Browns. What do you think of that? I mean, it, the problem with that is it's it's you're better off bringing Baker back for the one year. You've got him for one more year. You're better off bringing him back for one more year, making him prove it again. And that because you're the you make an upgrade or you draft someone that you like that. That's what you do. If you're going to just go so lateral, that doesn't really make sense because, yeah, he wasn't very good this year. But do you, I mean, do you think Jimmy G is like that much of an upgrade? From Mayfield this year, yeah. from this like, year, from this year Mayfield, but like from where Mayfield was like at the end of last year, or even at the beginning of this year when he plays pretty well in spots. I don't. It, it's it's all a money thing and length thing. Like, are we talking Jimmy G for a year? Yeah. Like, how I much mean, the Browns? Yeah, I mean they're built to win now, and I, you I know, mean, you and I have gone back and forth with this. I just don't think like if you're gonna get Russ, minutes, yeah, like if you're gonna go get Russ. Rodgers is going to probably not leave now I think if you're going to go get But like if you want people would say Like Cousins or Jimmy G I don't If you're going to get rid of Baker Which is totally fine if they want to do that Because he had a bad year this year I think if you do that though you're, You want to either go Like young, new Or somebody who you really feel like Is an upgrade and they can win right now I think if you go to like another Cousins Or another Garoppolo you're still you're still going to get a lot of mistakes from those guys. They're going to be guys that in pressure, you're going to have, the, I guess the the thing that I would say is you're, you're like Baker this year was the, a really bad version of Baker. But the problem, the question you had always asked about Baker wasn't even like, is he average? It was more of like, can Baker do it at the end of the game with pressure? Right. If everything else is pretty good on your team, but you need a quarterback that you can just sort of trust at the end, which Definitely not this year And I think the jury is, is absolutely at the very most Out if people want to give him the benefit of the doubt But we know with both Cousins and Jimmy G Those are guys that the same Would have the same kind of problem Right Eric? I mean if you're just looking at it Garoppolo has led a team to a Super Bowl You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And it, and if you're If you look at what he did with that 49ers team Where he's just asked to basically hand off the ball Think and dunk you know, Not really do anything 
if Mayfield was able to do that, this Browns team, you know what I mean? They but and that was last year. And that yeah. was last year when he did towards the end, and they won a playoff game, and they went toe to toe with Kansas City, and very easily could have won that playoff game. And that's it's so funny because that's the difference in a year, right? Like the best version of a team, and then one of the worst versions of a team, and that was the difference from the Browns last year to this year. We'll have a lot of fun once the season's over doing a couple shows where we look back on everyone. We'll kind of go through their season, what went right, what went wrong, things to change. We'll have a lot of NFL content to talk afterwards and really have some fun going through because we could have a great talk all about the Browns. And like we said, we go through their schedule, what went wrong, things that might have been worse than they were, or games where Baker was better or games where he was even worse, maybe through more picks than should have thrown more picks. So we'll have a lot of fun getting into them because they were a really polarizing team this year. Up next, we go football team Giants. Football team Washington is a seven-point favorite on the road. Over-under in this one is 37-and-a-half. Eric, the Giants last week, I was texting you. They were down by like 20, and they are just running the ball. I don't think I've ever – and it wasn't even like a weather thing. There was one point when Glennon had three passes and Dalton had 29 on the other side. It was literally like a team gave up. I'd never seen anything like this. I've seen teams get beat by 50, seen teams throw quarterbacks that go one for 10 or two for 15 really bad, but they they try. They they throw or at least attempt to drop back and throw passes. They were just handing the ball off and running wildcat yep. down. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Imagine you if you're the team in the, in, the, in the huddle and you're one of the players and they keep calling those runs in and it's like, coach, it's like, we're down like 10. We're down like 17. It's not we're down not down 50 right now. It's the third quarter. You're literally yeah. not going to throw the ball at all. Yeah, we got to go. And um that stuff speaks a lot. You got Judge who's basically lost in my eyes. What did, did that he's, dude What what was he saying afterwards? That he said that we're not we're we're a class organization. We don't fight on the sidelines. Um He's saying how former players are calling him <laughs> all the time. They want to go back. Yeah. They love that locker like, room. You're dissing Ron Rivera. You are, are um, saying that, you know, people are calling you. It's like, what is going on? I mean, it's so obvious to me that this Giants team is quit. Hate it. Like, and then in terms of what the football team has to play for, Taylor Heineke still has a chance to be this team's starter. So, I mean, Heineke's playing for that. Um, so yeah, to me, you lay the seven here. If you can get under get under seven, get the six and a half. You lay it, or you just sit it out. There's no way in hell you could take the Giants, and if you do, yeah. you have way bigger balls than I have because there's me been too. nothing that has shown me that as a team they will compete. Yeah, are, are people trying to put some stuff on tape? Yeah, yeah, they're professional. And this has that, been but, in but direct as a team. This has been like in direct response to when they announced that they're going to bring the staff back. It's like normally they're like, oh, hey, you know, we're going to bring this coach back. And then the players start playing well. It's like, yeah, they like this coach. This is the opposite. They like, we're going to bring these staff back. Sure, they haven't had a quarterback out there, but this has been unbelievable. They weren't. That was one of the worst things I can remember seeing. The the not like not even trying a team just yeah. like, yep, we've given up. We're good. So, yeah. We're it was done. Just, we're done. It was embarrassing. It was, it was. Like, call a spade a spade. It was fucking embarrassing. And yep. Judge needs to be out of a job. There's two coaches I feel that need to be out of the jobs, and Joe Joe Judge is one of them. Hands down. As uh, we move along, Bears Vikings. So 
We've got the Bears at what six and ten. They are six and ten against the spread. We've got the Vikings at seven and nine. They are eight and eight against the spread. How about Zimmer last week? So, so the Vikings are a five and a half point favorite in this game. But Cousins is going to play, I think. Um, they asked him after the game about Mond, who is the the third string quarterback, and so Mond got in for like one series and he looked really bad. It, but they just they asked him, you know, the presser after the game. Hey, did you, you know, want to see more Mon? Do you want to get a get a look at him next week, maybe? And Zimmer said, no. And then they, yeah. they, they said, well, what, what do you mean? Why not? He said, I get a look at him every day in practice. <laughs> it was just a guy know. who just, he just knows he's on the way out too. <laughs> he he just, just tells her how it is. I mean, I. That I, was great. I that mean, was great. It, in this game, it opened up at two and a half. It, and then when it's announced Kurt was going to play, it's ballooned up to five. Um, it's always, it's always a risky thing laying points with Zimmer. Zimmer, as I've said numerous times, he falls in that category where he's laying points, I fade him. Where he's getting points, I take him. But on the flip side, you got Matt Matt Nagy. You know, I mean, this team, yeah, they've been playing better, but they really haven't been playing anyone like quote unquote like a top tier team. Uh, Quinn got the sack record. Uh, the defense is looking a lot better. Fields is coming back from being hurt. I, I just, you just can't. To me, you take the Bears or you sit it out here. For me, it's just a strict class, just because, you know, I, yeah, because I, I kind of feel like the Vikings, like you said it, they just want to get through the season. It's been mm-hmm. a disappointment. They want to go to Cancun. Bears players, they know they're getting a new coach. They want to put some stuff in film. Film. For the new coach to try to keep their job or for whoever they go to next. So it's like for me, it's Bears or just stay away. We head next to Titans and man, the Texans. And I got to say, the, one of the most frustrated games uh, that I, I lost this year betting on was last week in the Texans game because the Texans were in that game against the 49ers. They were beating them into the third quarter. And at the end of the half, Lance threw a ball that went right through one of the Texans defense defensive players' hands, and then it, the 49ers wide receiver ended up catching it, stepping out of bounds. They got a field goal there. If that guy knocks the ball down or intercepts it, I mean, right through his hands, there's three off the board. There were probably two to three other balls that should have been picked that weren't. And then in the second half, there was one play that completely flipped where the Texans turned the ball over. I think they threw an interception. The defender from the 49ers is returning the interception. And then he, while he's getting tackled, he fumbles the ball. And he was no doubt 1,000%, not even close to being down. He was up for sure. They review it, and they said that they they stopped the play. They stopped the progress. That I've never – I don't remember that happening for a defensive player – that so rarely happens at all, and then on a defensive player. And what happened is the 49ers got the ball, they went down and scored, and that completely flipped the momentum. Those are And those are like two or three plays in a game where people look back after and go, oh, what do you mean? The 49ers were great. Look at the score of that game, or look what happened. That's why we do the rewatches of those games, because on Sunday, when there's 10 or 12 or 14 games going on, you're not going to see every play of every game. Even if you got five screens on at once, you're going to see big things that happen. You got the red zone on one. You're going to see the big plays and the touchdown scores and stuff like that. But but it's little plays like that throughout the game that really flip stuff, man. And that was a bummer if you backed the Texans because it really felt like that was the right side last week. 
Yeah, it was a kick in the nuts. Saved me a hundred bucks though, because they didn't win the game, and I wasn't going to buy a Davis Mills jersey. Um, That's also, true. Long neck uh, Mills until I until I get you drunk one day and and, and <laughs> make a bet and make you forced to get it to get one. <laughs> uh, you know, you mentioned like stuff like rewatching the game. Uh, I was rewatching this one, and Brandon Cooks had seventy three yards called back on penalties. Just on penalties and like oh, yeah, there was that fifty-yard you know, touchdown of, too that they yeah. got called back. Or it was, it was a fifty-yard pass, right? Yeah, yeah, seventy-three yards. Um, in terms of this game, like I, I'll give the Texans coaching staff insane credit. I thought it was one of the worst coaching hires. I was like, Lovey Smith's the only thing that knows what's going on, dude. This team has little to no talent, and this coaching staff. I says that say it every week. They get teams to compete, and they've gotten better as the season's going on. Seven to nine, eight, yes. Yep. Case in point, they are averaging over five yards of play the last four games. That is more than a yard better than it is, like, if you look at beforehand. So, like, their offense is moving the ball. Davis Mills is getting more comfortable. They are getting better. Um they beat this Texans team before. They, they, excuse me, this Titans team before, um, and I've said it all the time. There's certain coaches I love fading when they're laying points. Mike Vrabel is 49% ATS as a favorite. On top of that, I said this stat last week: teams that win by 28 points or more the following week are 44% against the spread. So that's just the market just overreacting to what happened the week before. So. I'm on the Texans here. I think I locked him in at 10 and a half earlier today. And I also, you know, I, I also sprinkled a little bit on the money line just because this is one of those interdivisional games where they're playing on the road and I'm getting more than 10. Yeah, I got 10 and I got plus 440 on the money line. So I'm on the Texans here. I locked him in at 10. Um, I think the Titans are kind of limping in. They got the good news that Henry's coming back. I think they're just trying to get into the playoffs and not, not get anyone hurt. And then if they get another situation where, Okay, if they're up by 17 in this game, you know, what are, why are they worried? You know, 14 plus, they're not going to be worried about cranking things. They're not a team that's been lighting it up a whole ton recently. We talked about it last week where, you know, they're the type of team that if you don't really make a, a, bunch, a couple turnovers and you don't give them a few gifts, they're not going to score a lot of points. They need yeah. They need a couple of those turnovers to capitalize on, which Miami gave them. Last week when they just beat the crap out of the Dolphins But the Titans They win And they are the number one seed So you know what Win, win or lose this game, whatever happens Vrabel's done a freaking incredible job This year, man Like They missed Henry They were without Julio Jones and A.J. Brown For a lot of the year They had some games that looked really, really ugly And there were a lot of games that they won That when you dig into The bounces Went their way they got some luck In some of those games but hell it doesn't Matter anymore now right They're going to be in the playoffs and they have their opportunity Now as a ten and a half or a Ten plus point favorite on the road Just a ten point favorite to Get the number one seed that's pretty incredible yeah. What they've done this year oh it's Great and it like it blows my Mind you look at the coach Of the year um, Coach of the year guess who's a favorite To win coach of the year Zach Taylor Second favorite, Matt LaFleur. Third favorite, Vrabel. Vrabel's just getting no respect in the betting market. How is it um, not Vrabel? They're 11 and 5, 10 and 6 ATS, and they're going to likely get the number one seed with the win here. That's... And 
they've played most of the season without their best player. Without their best player, and or honestly, their best, best players. All of three Brown of the, their yeah. big playmakers: AJ Brown, exactly. Jones, and yeah, and Henry. So um, awesome stuff from them. And uh, Houston, four and twelve, straight up, seven and nine. ATS, they're trying to finish strong. Um, yeah, and they've been feisty as of late. Yeah. They're playing Let's, a lot better. I I like them. You know, I like I like them here. Take the points. Yep, I'm on the Titans side too. Yep. Colts, Jags. Colts are like a 15 and a half, 16 point favorite on the road. Playing the Jags here over under in this game is 44. God, the Jags are so bad. Man, they're so bad. Gave up about a 50 spot last week to the yep. Pats, and yep. uh, so the Colts they need to win, and they're in. They win or a or tie. Actually, or a Chargers loss and a Baltimore Pittsburgh tie, or a Chargers loss, a Pittsburgh loss, and a Miami win. So a couple different ways for them to get in very easily for them, though. If they just win, they are in. The Colts this year are nine and seven, and they are playing against a miserable two and fourteen Jacksonville Jags team. Colts ten and six ATS. Jags four and twelve ATS. Any opinion in this one, Eric? Oh yeah, I I'm a little dirty myself. I had Christina all queued up, and then someone called me on my iPad, messed it up. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Jags here. Uh, Colts they have not won since 2014 in Jacksonville, believe it or not, which is insane to me. Uh, last year, remember the game one, they knocked a lot of people out of the the Survivor Eliminator, whatever it's called, because they laid an egg in Jacksonville. Um. Looking at some trends, the most interesting trend I found is that teams that are in a win-and-or-in situation in the final week of the season are 38% ATS. That's just kind of because the betting market gets people betting, oh, this team needs to win, let's take the points with them. Well, there's a big difference between winning and there's and covering the spread. Uh, also, as I mentioned, teams coming off of losing by 28 points or more are 66% against the spread. Jags fall into that category. So there's two big statistical, two big trends there that lean to the Jags. Plus you have an interdivisional game, second time playing, getting over two touchdowns. I locked them in at 16. I looked back at the game they played earlier in the season. The Jags actually had a chance to win that game and they outproduced them on the ground. So I locked in the 16 here. I know people are saying, well, the Jays don't want to win the top pick. Reality of the situation is they those guys are trying to put stuff on Phil. Bevel's trying to coach to coach the Jays next year or to get another head coach, another OC job. So those guys aren't just going to go lay an egg. And this is kind of their Super Bowl. They have a chance to, to spoil the Colts, who is one of their rivals, season by knocking them out of the playoffs. So I'll take the Jays here. I'll take the 16 all day. Jags, yeah, I did. man, I'm gonna wait a little bit. I just don't. They got me a couple See, it's times. Dr- it's dropping, but it's yeah, dropping. I don't know if it's and gonna I, go I, up. I, I guess, yeah, at over fourteen, I, it's for sure the number that would I would want. I would feel like okay to get in on. I just oh, they burned man, they burned us a bunch, and they're just so freaking bad. I completely understand anyone that does want to get in on them, and would in no way, shape, or form be laying a number like this with the Colts and. Also, I was looking, um, Carson Wentz has six interceptions, which is, I think, believe like 32 in the NFL. So basically, he's toward the bottom of starting quarterbacks for least amount of interceptions. 
But guess who has thrown the most, according to, I believe it was PFF, throws worthy of a turnover? Wentz. Wentz. He's been lucky. Yep. Turnover worthy yep. throw. So, I mean, that progression is coming. And we saw it last week against the Raiders. He threw that pass down the field. Uh, two Raiders guys like Clyde, Clyde all bounced up, landed right in Hillen's hands. So, I mean, turnovers are coming for Wentz. He's been doing it all season. It just hasn't happened. So, I mean, there's going to be a swing of turnovers that are coming here just because when it, the number's that high, you know what I mean? Like, it is going to come. So, I'll take the 16 here. It's all trickled down to 15. Anything over 14, I'd lock it in. We get to Jets. Bills, another huge number. This one is around 16. Bills are a 16-point favorite in this one. And the Bills, for uh, their playoff hopes, they will clinch the AFC East with a win or a New England loss or a tie and a New England tie. They've got the tiebreaker right now on New England. They win and they're in, and they are a massive favorite here at home against the Jets. But to be honest, the Jets have been one of the teams down the stretch that's actually been sort of fun as a bad underdog team to back because they've been playing hard. They've got a, a lot of young players and a young coach. Though, to me, that's kind of the key when you're playing bad teams at the end of the year. It's young coaches and young staffs that aren't done, right? They, they've they got more to play for. It's not like they're, I mean, they're not going to get fired right now. They're going to get another year or two. So they're still trying to build on some momentum from the end of the year here and try to have that, you know, transition into next year. I think the Jets are one of those teams. And just like we were talking about with the Bills, with uh, some teams earlier, if the Bills are up by 21 in this game, why do they care about, isn't Josh Allen going to come out of the game? Or like, why do they care about really, really continuing to run up the score? I think that once they get up by 17, two and another score, They'll probably be really safe And then all you need at that point Is anything from the Jets Who have shown signs of life lately I'm I'm going to be on the Jets side for sure I'll probably wait a bit and see What this floats around to Maybe we do get up to 17 um, But anything over 14 I'm fine with the Jets See I feel the Jets played Like a real tight game A real kind of quote unquote Emotional game They were in a position to win I kind of feel this is kind of a little bit of a letdown spot for them. And also, when you look at the Jets, like, just young quarterbacks in general, play a good game, then a bad game. You know what I mean? There's just no consistency. I totally get what you're saying. I totally, like, that's what I want to do. But I just don't trust Zach Wilson a lot enough. Um, it's so funny. We were just is... flipped on the two dogs, right? You know, like yeah. on the Jags. I'm, like, the same way that you're feeling about the Jets here in this spot. But we both can... We never would be like laying the huge, huge numbers the other way, but it's just, uh, yeah, divisional game. I guess I'll get, I'll get into this one and hope that they they can just kind of keep it close and uh, muck this thing up a little bit. They've been running the ball a, a lot better lately too, even even Wilson. So uh, go ahead, I, I kind of cut you off though. You have any more thoughts on this game? Um, Stefan Diggs, if he gets six receptions, he reaches a hundred. And that means he will earn over one point one one and a half million dollars because of how his contract is. So I, I'm looking right now. There is no props for him receptions, but if it's something like five and a half, I really feel Josh Allen will try to get him that. So I'd look for a re- digs over receptions if it's like five and a half or so. We go Saints Falcons next up. The Saints are a three and a half point favorite on the road. Playing the Atlanta Falcons, who 
uh, they were still in the mix till uh, just about a week ago. The Falcons are seven and nine straight up, six nine and one against the spread. New Orleans eight and eight straight up, eight and eight against the spread. Now New Orleans is actually got a pretty good chance to make the playoffs here. If they win and the 49ers lose, they're in. And they are a favorite playing against a Falcons team that has nothing to play for. And the 49ers are an underdog on the road playing against a Rams team that is definitely playing for their division because they need to win and or and or a Cardinals loss. But if they win, they're still in. So the Saints need a little bit of help, but the Rams have every reason to try to give them that help. Um, I don't know about betting this particular game and laying points on the road with the Saints team that I just haven't been very impressed with overall, but they got a big shot to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Do you know how many points the Saints are averaging over the last three games? Tell me, please. Are you ready? Are you ready for this stagger not? Ten. Ten points per game. Yeah. They've scored nine, three, and 18. Ten points a game. I mean... The 18 is the high. 18 is the high. 18 is the high against the against the Panthers. Um, you look at Hill, and I was reading. I think according to P P um, PFF, he is graded as the fourth worst quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's just not it. Um, Matt Ryan is kind of having a sneaky good season. He is fourth according to PFF in big time throws this year, which is absolutely insane to me. He would put the bill. He put um the Falcons in a position to win. I really thought he was in. I mean, they kind of got screwed last week. He scored that touchdown. He got in the Bills guy's face. They ruled him down at the one, but then but then they reviewed it. He really didn't get they said he didn't get in. His knee was down. It was to me it looked 50-50. Um if he scores it there, I'm not saying they win, but that that game is a lot closer than it mm-hmm. looks for that 14. Mm-hmm. Um Ryan last game he 343 yards, two TDs against this Allen's uh, against this Allen's um, defense. You look at historically how he's done against Allen. His interception to turn is excuse me, his touchdown to interception ratio, it's almost almost four. It's like three nine five, four to one. So I mean, he's really not phased by this Dennis Ryan defense. He's done well against it, and I just. This is just the situation that I talked about before. I love fading these teams that need to win to get in. They're 38% against the spread. Mm-hmm. This is the Saints team. It's just too high. It's Falcons, anything over yeah. the field goal feels too high. Yeah. The the Saints, the, let's not forget, the Falcons went in, and they they kind of, like, dominated this team early in the season in, in New Orleans. I love them here. I locked them in. What did I get them at? I think I got them at four and a half. I got them at four and a half, and I put a little bit on the money line at plus 175. Yeah, and now it's down to three and a half. I wouldn't want to take yeah. it at less than three. If you're going to lock yeah. in the spread on this game, try to lock it in right now at three and a half, um, yeah. or get to get the best number that you can get. As uh, we continue along, Panthers, Bucks. So, I mean, have you? No, okay. No matter what, what was the reason why you know whatever happened with Antonio Brown? I know I've never seen anything like that on the field before. That was no. Taking off the shirt, running out there, doing this celebration in the in the end zone. It's you. It's it's funny when you think about it, but it's not funny because the guys probably got some problems with the with everything it's, that's happened. You know, it's not and, funny like when you think about it. And you see no. people making fun of him on social media. It's not because he um, needs help. 
but now yeah. all this stuff's come out about he said he was hurt. They're saying he wasn't. This is back and forth. I just don't like. I'm sure Tom Brady, who came from the Bill Belichick world, where they love to just keep out of the drama and don't say stuff, and you know they very close to the vest, everything. I, I can't imagine he loves all this going on right now with him there. Uh, and from just a on field point, like he was helping them quite a bit. He's still he's as you know as up and down as he may be off the on and off the field, and or just kind of as difficult as he is to decipher. When he's on the field, he's still a very very good wide receiver, and he will really help your team win when he can be on the field. And they've got major injury issues they're dealing with. It's it's the Panthers aren't anything spectacular. They're uh, so Tampa's an eight point favorite here. In this game and Tampa Doesn't really have anything to play for They've clinched the division title And so for them it's just kind of You know up and down Where they are on the NFC side I don't I mean do you think they're gonna really Care about playing all that much in here I mean let's be honest uh, You look at it Brady needs 488 to break The season season the single season Record for passing do you really think Tom Brady wants that I really don't think he needs that um, another incentive, Mike Evans needs 54 yards for his eighth straight season of a thousand yards. So, I mean, I could see Evans playing a little bit to get that because it is kind of like a quote unquote milestone. Um, I just don't think any of the stars are going to play. Um, someone told me he heard that as well, that the starters really aren't going to play the way the line's moving kind of suggests that I went ahead. I I locked this in at eight. I took a little bit of the money line with the Panthers 310 just because I just, you, you hit it on the head. They don't have anything to play for. So what, no. like, why would you play Tom Brady? You know, when you've already, you, half, it's, especially quarter. teams like this that have all that are recently dealing with a lot of injuries. Like that's gotta be right in your mind, in your head. Like, Hey, we need Tom this year to be look really above average. This can't be a situation where Tom, you know, we have all these great playmakers. They're going to get open and we're just going to kind of dump it off to them. Tom's got to be awesome for them down the stretch now in, in this playoff run. And if he gets banged up or if Gronk gets banged up or if Evans again, you know, you're just, it's just not worth it. I mean, you think about it, like they have no running backs for that's hurt. Jones is hurt. Um, you know, that you're relying on Godwin's out. Antonio late, Brown's yeah, out. Bell. Like, their uh, outside linebacker, Shaq Barrett is hurt. Mike Edwards, their safety's hurt. Ryan Jensen, their center's hurt. Uh, Murphy Buttons hurt. Pierre Paul's hurt. Richard Stewart's hurt. I mean, this team is banged up. So it yeah. makes zero sense because they just they want take to this as your bye week. Yeah. Take this as your bye week. Get everybody Why healthy. You have them play one quarter. You know, treat it like like the last like the last preseason game or whatever. But it just makes absolute zero sense for them to go all out in this game. So yeah, I I took the Panthers and I'm just moving on. Carolina, man, they were three. I had Carolina six and a half, seven, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half. Like from six to eight and a half. They were 3-0, and and it wasn't even that I thought they were a great team. Their schedule was so easy, and you dig back in, even when they were bad, there were like four or five more games that could have flipped easily for them. I just needed one or two. Gosh, so. I mean, Panthers, like, I, had, I think I got my under seven. I mean, I was sweating after the yeah. first three games. And, and that was literally because the two teams that I did that with 
were mainly it was all schedule. You know, sometimes yeah. you play teams that you like and you think are good. Other times you're playing teams based on the schedule, the games, the spots, and they God they beat they beat the Saints in that spot in week two. They came back in week three. They won the ugly game even when McCaffrey got hurt. And it's like, oh, they're in great shape now. They're they they literally only have to get to just be semi bad, not even miserable. Two and eight in their last ten. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, brutal. Let's continue on with week eighteen. We are up to four more games left. We've got the Rams 49ers, one of the better games of the weekend here because both of these teams actually do have something to play for. The Rams need to win in order to secure the division and get themselves a home game. So they win or tie. In Arizona loses or ties Rams get the division they're 12 and 4 right now They're playing against the San Francisco 49ers They are 9 and 7 And they need to win to get in the playoffs If they lose They need to hope that the Saints Also lose If they win or If they if they lose and the Saints win They're out and think about this They're a 4.5 point underdog on the road The Saints are a 3.5 point favorite uh, On the road So if games just go to the way they're supposed to the the 49ers won't make the playoffs But what do you think happens in this game Eric Because they've been really good Against the Rams in recent history And I think they're 5-0 and In their last 5 games against the Rams And the 49ers are 9-7 and Overall 8-8 eight and eight ATS Rams at 12-4 and 8-8 eight and eight ATS Do we know it, it, was been, it has been sounding like they're going to give Jimmy a try or Is that where I, we're thinking So Here's the thing to me, like, A, if Lance plays, you hammer the Rams, just because you look at it, he's going against Aaron Donald, he's going to be experiencing a pass rusher he has never absolutely experienced against before in his life. Um, So you definitely want to make sure you hammer the Rams. Jimmy G plays, I kind of respect Jimmy G in the situation, because he's not, you know what I mean, he's not going to be the deer in headlights Trey Lance was. When I rewatched that game against the Texans, Shanahan dumbed down that playbook a lot in the second half. There was, like, not much on Lance at all. I know a lot of people are jocking him. I just really wasn't that impressed with him just because, like, they just made everything so simple for him. Like, granted, he executed, but it wasn't like – it was, like, dynamic execution. Props to Shanahan for putting him in a situation to be successful. But he's going to be going up against Aaron Donald. Um the big one for me is this is Jimmy Ward was put on the COVID list. This 49ers back four is a complete and utter shit show with the injuries and now Ward going to the COVID issue. They gave up 63 yards, excuse me, 70 yards to um, Cooks last week. He had another 73 that was taken off the board. So that should have been 143. They made Russell Grage look like old school Jerry Rice. Just think how Beckham and Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson are going to absolutely eat. I mean, I'm really tempted to take the four here, but I'm just kind of waiting out because, like you said, we don't know what they're going to do with Jimmy G. And I really feel if it's truly announced that Jimmy G is going to play, this line is going to move a little bit in the 49ers' favor. Um, Also, you look at some contract incentives or quote-unquote records. Cup needs 136 yards to pass um, the all-time reception record, all-time receiving record. I think they're really trying to get him that. So I would, I would take the over in that, especially with how bad the 49ers secondary is. He needs 12 receptions to break the single-season record for most receptions. 
I'd look at taking over his reception total just because I don't see how the 49ers back four can, can stop anyone in this of the Rams passing passing weapons. Yeah. So a uh, big game, big game here, divisional game. Let's go Rammies. They've already got a playoff spot locked in, but they, uh, they need to win in order to secure that division. And this is another one we gave out you, me and um, God, who's on the preview show with us. Blackjack gave out the Rams to win the West. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're one more, one more future given out. Chalk up another one, Boom! Ding, 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 ding. As we move along to Patriots, Dolphins. Dolphins got ripped last week against the the, the Titans. They're, all the bounces they were getting throughout their stretch of uh, of wins came back last week uh, against them. They are a six point underdog at home here. So the Patriots, in a kind of a weird, crazy way, still actually have an opportunity to get a number one seat. The or and or win the division. I mean, if they win and the Bills lose, they win the division. The Bills are a 16 point favorite. They could actually win if Buffalo loses or ties, KC loses, and Tennessee loses. They would actually be the number one seed. Although all of those teams are double digit favorites, so a lot would have to happen, but still have an opportunity to get that here late. This is a divisional game. This is. A game where Miami's not great But they do have a pretty good defense And this is a Belichick Coaching disciple who's actually done pretty well Against Belichick, Miami's actually done Pretty well against the Patriots You know, in recent history So, New England In this game is at a What, 9-6 and six, And Miami, after that unbelievable Stretch where they went crazy They're up to 8-8, eight and 8-7-1 eight, eight, and one against the spread The Patriots 10-6, and six, straight up 10-6 and six Against the spread and I think this is moving Patriots way So do you, you know Would you wait did you lock this in because I feel Like you might be on the Dolphins side here I, I think I'm going to be but I, I might wait A little bit to see if we can get Six is fine you know seven would Obviously be ideal I just I don't know if it's Going to go that way it might kind of teeter around here I already locked in the seven it got up To seven yesterday so yeah, I locked so in that's, seven Yesterday I actually locked in the plus 250 Yeah um, you have a couple Things a I'm not a Mac Jones guy. I'm no, he hasn't been impressed with him at all. Dolphins defense is legit. They're going to be able to, I really create pressure. They have Xavier Howard, who's all worldly, one of the best cornerbacks, if not be the, the best cornerback in the league. I really think they're going to make um, Jones uncomfortable. Then you look on the other side, um, you know, football players, their competitors. I hate Tua. I, I think he's a bluff. I don't think he's a starting quarterback in this league. But he's a competitor, and he's going to fight. And you're not going to tell me, like, him, like, oh, everyone's saying Mac Jones is better than me. This is just another thing that's going to motivate him. And I really think, like, Tua, we could see one of the better Tua games that we've seen in a while just before that inner motivation. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. you get sure. get the guy that was your backup who's having a better season than you. On a playoff team now. Yeah. So, I mean, you got that incentive. And this is what the Patriots do. Let's not forget, like, there was that year when all they had to do was win in Miami and to get the one seed, they ended up losing. And then they lost the Latin, the, the, the Titans in the first round. Can you still remember that play at the end of the game where they got Gronk, Gronk. back there? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. I can still see it right yeah. now. And he's trying to make the tackle and they just burn him. Yeah. Exactly. And <laughs> that was funny. Um, also, I, the rule of 28. I may, I may have to get this, this phrase because there's a lot of teams that fit in this situation this week. Teams coming off of winning by 28 points or more, 44% against the spread. The next game, teams that have lost by 28%, 28 points or more, 66% against the spread. 
That's the Dolphins and the Pats. It's like, the, you know, two trends just going up against each other. I like the Dolphins here. I think they're going to play for fours. I think they're still motivated to do some rooting for them. And technically, they're still playing for something, too. I know it's an outside chance, but they're still playing for something, too. So I like this game to be a little bit closer. So, yeah, I'll take the seven. I locked in the plus 250 as well. And we, uh, yeah, there's only a couple of these later uh, later games, the middle afternoon games. See, uh, Seahawks Cardinals is the next one. Cardinals are a six and a half ish point favorite right now. Total in this game is around 48. The Cardinals come into this game. They have themselves locked up a playoff berth. But if they win and the Rams lose, they can actually win the division, get themselves a home game. Arizona, after that incredible start to the year, has really struggled as of late. Uh, just five and five in their last ten. They're eleven and five overall. They are ten and six against the spread. You've got Seattle, who's six and ten straight up, eight and eight against the spread. And this could be the last game for Russ in Seattle. Um, at a, this number around six and a half. Uh, any opinion for you, Eric? To me, it's CX or nothing. But you know, it's really hard. What the Seahawks are going to do You know there's always like you want to win your last game At home your last game on the road I don't really want to sound really Isn't a big deal you know what I mean like the last home game Is a bigger deal than the last road game Um, I love Fading Cliffy on the road No excuse me as a favorite You know that's another one he's 41% ATS is a favorite to me I fade Cliffy here or I just I just sit this one out So yeah I don't really have any Strong opinion here. I think Arizona is going to play to win. They're sort of, you know, the the number is. I, I would play the Cardinals at less than the touchdown, but I just I don't have the the urge to like. I'm not dying to go play them and lay this number. So yes, yeah, st- I'll steer clear. As we get to the final game, the Chargers Raiders, the Sunday night football game. The Chargers are a three point favorite on the road here. Total in this game is forty nine and a half. These two teams are both nine and seven straight up. The Chargers are 8-8 eight eight against the spread. The Raiders are 7-9 against the spread. And for these two teams, the playoffs will come down to this game. So the Raiders will make the playoffs with a win or a tie and an Indy loss. Or an Indy loss and a Pittsburgh loss or tie. So the Chargers, if they win or tie, they're in. And the funny, you know... Conversation that's been going around is If the Colts End up losing This game if the Colts were To lose their game earlier in the day Against the Jags that The Raiders and the Chargers Would both make the playoffs with a tie They would have no Honestly zero reason To play their players To try to run actual Plays to get anybody hurt To really do anything more than Kneel 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 punt and I mean, yeah, I, both of those teams would be in. A lot of people have said or said things like, "Oh, that could be collusion or this or that." The only thing is, it's not collusion if you're both doing what's best for you. It's collusion if you're both doing what's best for one team. If by tying the game you both get in the playoffs, it actually makes the most sense. Now, all of that would would be dependent on the Colts losing a game as a massive favorite earlier in the day, but. It's just some, it's sort of something that's fun to talk about a little bit, at least. Well, I mean, there is this interesting rule in the NFL where if the commissioner decides that you didn't try in a game, he can make the game a forfeit for you. So, I mean, <laughs> there is that little loophole in the rules. 
Uh, when I first read it, I thought it was kind of funny, but then I started thinking like, these are the guys that play at the highest level in the NFL. I don't even see that even remotely happening. You know what I mean? You'd be, but you, yeah. I'd be scared that the other team yeah. wouldn't do it. That's the problem. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what's, what, what's, what's to say, why do you trust that the other team's going to kneel, kneel, kneel? You could do it the yeah. whole game, and then the other team gets the ball, and they run one play, score a touchdown, and screw you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, like, I mean, it's like, just. If it no. got to a thing, yeah. So I would just, yeah, I think they're going to play it out either way, even if, if that happens. Um, in terms of the game, this is my thinking for this game. This game, we're going to assume that the Colts beat the Jaguars. Um not by more than two touchdowns, though, so I get my Jaguars cover. Um, this game, since it's basically a win and you're in, these games I like to take the under, especially in the first half, just because these teams don't want to get down. You know what I mean? They're going to play conservative. They're going to run the ball, establish field position, try to work into the game. They don't want to get down a quick 14 to nothing and be playing like careless football. Uh, the over-under for the first half is at 24-and-a-half. I really like the under there. So I'm going to be on the first half under. If you listen to Gino and I's pre-game, preseason show, and I went on my big Chargers hype, this is the point you want to hedge out. We locked in the Chargers at a great number, 32-to-1 right now. Raiders are – what are the Raiders on the money line? The Raiders are, I believe, like a one um, – they're 140 on the money line. You know, this is a great opportunity. You lock it in. That way you're in a position to at least lock in some profit. So that's what I'm going to do. And if you tailed Gino and myself on the Chargers future, I would suggest you do the same thing. I can't believe it, Eric. We are here. The end of NFL Week 18. That is every game in the NFL regular season this year that we've had previewed for you. So let's sort of just kind of go over where we stand one more time in the NFC. The Packers are the number one seed. They've clinched it, the North Division title, and they've got the only first round buying home field advantage through the NFC. Pa- the Green Bay Packers are the NFC North champ. Cowboys are the NFC East champ. Bucks are the NFC South champ. Cardinals have clinched a playoff berth. Rams have clinched a playoff berth. Eagles have clinched a playoff berth. Rams and Cardinals still battling over the division. And you've got the Saints and the 49ers battling over that final NFC playoff spot. In the AFC side, you've got the Bengals that have clinched the division, the North Division title. You've got the Chiefs that have clinched the West Division title. You've got the Titans that have clinched the South Division title. They've got their uh, number one seed um, in their sights. They control their own destiny. You've got the Bills and Patriots. They're both in the playoffs. They're battling for the division title. If the Bills win, they've got that thing locked up. You've got the Colts and the Chargers sitting in the best spots right now. The Colts win, they're in, and then the winner of that Charger-Raider game, they are in. That's a game where the Chargers are a slight favorite. So both of those teams right now sit with their advantage. Very, very long shot chances for the Ravens, for the Steelers to try to sneak into the playoffs. They would need a heck of a lot of things to go wrong for other teams, but still a remote chance for them. They'd also need to win their games, and then a lot of other stuff needed to happen, so... Those are all the possibilities for week 18. We are going to have shows for you on Saturday at 12, uh, 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And we're going to talk about the two Saturday games. Then on Sunday, we'll be back with fourth and inches at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. We'll go through the entire Sunday slate. We'll finish everything up for you. And then all through the playoffs, we will be back every day that there are playoff games. We'll have 
full fourth and inches previews on BTV bets, or if you follow me, it's me, Gino B. Eric puts them on his Twitch stream a lot of the time, so he'll hook them up there too. And then um, we'll continue along, Eric, with our uh, what do we go? We go about seven seven thirty Eastern time on Sundays, um, where we yep. take a look, a look at the next week lines, and we'll figure that out. Maybe schedule might be a little different with that. We'll see what the games are like. You know what the times of the games are like when there are fewer games and come playoff. But we'll do similar each week. At the end of the week, we'll kind of look ahead to the next week's lines, and we'll see if they're ones that we want to jump on early. Man, we got a lot of stuff happening, and it's been a blast. I can't thank you enough for all the time and uh, effort you've given us this year again, Eric. But we are just getting started, and we're finishing the regular season. But we've got a lot of really good playoffs. We've got the extra playoff spot now over the last couple of years. So even more playoff football. Was It, it was last year where the first weekend – was actually the really, really good weekend, right? Most of the time, it's like the the second weekend or the conference final weekend that is really good. I think last year it was on the first weekend, we had a couple of really fun, kind of exciting down-to-the-wire games. Yeah, that first weekend was great. I mean, I really was kind of like a little opposed to like adding a team, but yeah, I mean, it was effing great last week, last year, and I, you know, I hope, you know, we get the same this year. Want to give you a thanks, you know, God, what's it been? This is year two? Um, yeah, I think at the end of the end of a couple years, at the end of like three years ago, you were coming on towards the end. But I think this has been two a year two, where it's been like every week almost, and then basketball in between that. So, man, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, it is I just want to say thank you, man. You know, got to know you a lot. You know, consider you a friend. You know, you an opportunity. Love doing this. The love doing this. Thank you. Also, want to say um, when I was home at the bowling alley. This guy, Justin, came up to me. He said he listened to the show that you and I do. Uh, so I just want to say thanks to him. He wanted me to personally tell you that the Dodgers suck, too. Oh, Justin, man. <laughs> Justin. Oh, so who, who is Justin a fan of? Uh, you know? He, is, like a Cubs? he likes so the Giants. No, no. He likes okay. the Giants. He's he a Giants, Giants fan. Somehow. Uh, yeah. Justin, you could just sit in a row, my friend, <laughs> on the Giants. But uh, that's great. I love that. And, uh, yeah, the we had some battles this year, the Dodgers and the Giants did, but we definitely got a little, a little better than them at the end. There was a, a, yeah. a couple of calls that went the Dodgers' way there at the end, and I don't mind. We'll take them and we'll move along. Uh, great year, though, for your Giants, Justin. They really overachieved. They played a lot better than I think anybody thought. So, oh, that's cool, man. Love love hearing people coming up, and that's uh, that's really great. And, yeah, really, you become a great friend, and we'll, we'll be working together for many, many years to come. You'll hear Eric here and over on BTV Bets helping us out. And uh, I was telling you before, we're going to be doing some more as the uh, football season winds down. We're going to start talking a little more NBA, college basketball, and uh, we'll be, you know, covering a lot of big events over on BTV, uh, BTV bets, and then right here on that's what G said also. So, um, what do you you got the same podcast and uh, uh, stuff coming out? You're going to do one last big DFS lineup for uh, week 18. Yeah, so uh, what's going to happen is I'm going to actually write a blog for BTV that's going to come out Saturday. It's just going to tell you guys who to put in your DFS lineups. Uh, my podcast that's going to come out uh, Saturday morning, I'm going to go over the DFS slate for Sunday. And then my buddy Jason is going to come on. Jason is going to, him and I are going to talk about Georgia, Alabama. And then um, David is going to come on. Alpha betting 21 on Instagram. He's going to come on and him and I are going to talk about hedging bets at this time of the year. Eric, buddy, good luck this weekend. Uh, we'll be talking to you again in, in the next few days and uh, make sure to give Eric a follow out there. What do you want to give your, uh, all of your, uh, your socials a plug? Yeah. Uh, Twitter at Etoff 
Instagram at etalk21sports underscore. Everything is there. Um, posting a lot more free stuff, so make sure you check out that out. You know, I think I'm over 20 units so far to start the year, so it's been a great start to the year. So looking to continue it, even though Iowa shit the bed today. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Uh, that around looks like those uh those damn I was. Uh okay, Eric, brother. Thank you so much, man. We'll be talking again real soon. And uh, don't go anywhere, folks. Still plenty more on this episode of That's What She Said. racing fans many of us have been using the drf the daily racing form for years studying the races keeping up to date on news with all the articles i remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack wherever i was going now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use drf with drf.com and the newly optimized drf mobile you can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to drf.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is... Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone. Cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next. And then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering multiple formats to view you got the overview page with recent speed figures current days odds easy access to expert selections and analysis you got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse and you got those traditional drf past performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones they are constantly upgrading improving and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at drf.com better you want to spread your pony knowledge Download the Stable Duel app and play today.
Big games all weekend long, and every Friday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, we will have a live stream show this weekend in Stable Duel. We had our first installment this morning, and uh, we will be bringing you all of the information about whatever Stable Duel contests are available each weekend, and we'll give you some best bets we did for this weekend for Golfstream, for Santa Anita, and for Sam Houston for Friday. There's a Sam Houston contest, $10 to enter $2,000 in cash prizes for Stable Duel on Saturday. Golfstream, Santa Anita, Tampa, Sam Houston has a $40 game. That's a $5,000 prize pool. And then on Sunday, Golden Gate, Golfstream, Santa Anita, and Tampa Bay all with stable dual games. Next week, we've got the big one at Tampa. There's going to be a $30,000 guaranteed prize pool. Stable Duel is hosting a live game on a live party on track. A party, the bash at the bay. They will have a buffet lunch, beer, and refreshments. Head on out and hang out with Stable Duel. Let's get into Friday for Sam Houston. We kick things off uh, in race number one. We're looking January 7th, Friday. Race number one is Arabian, so I'm going to skip that one. The second, the one's the chalk market, Brooke. Yeah, that's the horse to catch, dropping, cutting and cutting back. I thought the four gods pick's going to try dirt for the first time. The dam had just two dirt races and was stakes placed in one of them. Two siblings, one of them was all on the turf. The other had two dirt starts and was third in both of them. And God's pick was behind a horse named Holy Vow in both of his starts. Holy Vow came out of that uh, the win, the maiden win, to win a first level allowance and then finish second in a seventy five thousand dollars stakes. God's pick might just be okay in a race where there's not that much. I had him stacked four, one, two, five. If you were going a little bit deeper there, the third race stands home run. I thought was going to be probably a pretty chalky horse. It's going to be tough to beat for Gustafson with Luzzy aboard. They were in against open maiden specials by a horse named Rugs, who ended up coming out of that race to try back to back stakes races at Oakland Park. Stands home run though, isn't that fast? There just isn't that much speed in here, so. He may naturally just be classier and quicker, and you have a very good gate rider aboard. So Stan's home run is no doubt the horse to beat in the third. Race number four, Stalemate is 0 for the last 20, but this is the one they'll have to beat on the big drop in class. She's been close up early in some quicker sprints as of late, and she exits a very live race. I prefer the five, Lovely Lolita. She was uh, in a big field last time out. She was in between horses down inside. She got shuffled. She had nowhere to go, about 12 lengths off. She moved through in between, and she actually closed really well late there. The number five, Lovely Lolita in race number four. I've got him stacked 5-2. In race number five at Sam Houston, optional 50 non-twos on the turf course there. The number one, Cario Cuina, is the horse to beat for Asmussen. They debuted at Kentucky. Didn't like that tra- turf course but then went over to Remington. Now they'll get back on the turf. The six, Cato's Lady, two of three siblings, one on the turf. The dam won twice on the grass. I think she has the upside to improve on the green. The three, Roland Chrome, has a race over the grass. That was not bad. The four, Tyler's Dream, has some big speed. And uh, gee, she's pretty. He's also got some speed in the mix. You know, one six is how I had him. And then, you know, four and three, two would be under, but one six would be in most of my exotics there. The sixth race at Sam Houston, optional 10 claimers, five and a half furlongs. The three and the four are my top tier. I love the four snowman. 
Frosty the Snowman was a jolly, happy soul. And he was also a stakes winner back in the day, was this snowman in Albuquerque. Got a little back class, drawn outside of the speed, proved that he can sit. He was very competitive uh, back in June at the $15,000 and $20,000 beaten claiming level. Tossed the turf race a couple starts back. Snowman. He was in between, kind of got squeezed back, and he quickly angled to the outside, and he rolled up and around to the lead. Snowman, four over the three, declined, tossed the turf, tossed the slop, tossed the 11.23 race when going a mile. This is five and a half furlongs. Not relevant. December the 16th was behind a horse named Samurai Cause, who has won two in a row, and declined was in post 12, had a fine start, but then a bunch of other horses wanted to go to the front, so he got parked five or six wide. He One horse ends up running off, and then he's at least four wide all the way around. He's like 10 lengths off at one point. Moved into contention, but was flat late. It was a lot better than the race looks on paper for the three. And the one and the two are going to take a lot of money. I'm okay with chucking them out. The four snowman over the three, and then I had the 1A and the two below, but I'm going to go three, four, and try to key them in exotics in the sixth. Let's move to race number seven. First level allowance, Texas breads. I'm looking towards the outside here. The six gold, my golden bling is going to flash a lot of speed. I think you'll also get a good amount of speed from the inside with still of the night. I think Dust of Flying will be forwardly placed in here. Bebop Baby has a little bit of zip. Also, I want a horse who can sit, and that's She is a Bling, who is really sharp in the last eight races. Seven of them have been top three finishes. She beat two next out winners last time out. She was very competitive against open company in the one race on the page where she didn't run all that well was behind a horse that came back to win next out at 12-5. She is a bling. Very well spotted here. I like the nine. I had him stacked nine, three, Bebop Baby. If you toss the last two, some excellent Sam Houston form to go back to. Still of the night is very quick, as is my golden bling. In race number eight, this was one of my uh, best bets of the night. Probably a, a race where I'll single. If the number seven take charge woman is even remotely in in the you know three to one range, I'll make a win wager on her. I think she will get some money. She just comes out of some of the better races. Open race at Oaklawn Park, the two back race where she crushed fifteen non two claimers. This is a first level allowance for Texas Breds. This is a lot softer spot. The two Stone Fox makes sense. Like after the seven, it would be two one six five. So I'm probably going to single the seven in some spots and then maybe play a deeper ticket where I spread and use the rest. In race number nine, 25 non-twos, I've got two three stacked on top. The three runaway Tracy had a fine start outside, was kind of in the four path into the turn, four off, was at least three deep, had a really tough trip. He's got more speed than that. And the two high tone... He was close up fourth. He was in between, traveling well inside. He kind of had to wait, wait, and angle to the two path. He was just second best there. He was just second best two starts back behind Guinnessy. I like the two and the three both in here to use in some exotics. Towards the outside, the 10, Carpe. Eros also going to be on some tickets. The nine, Southerner will be in the mix. Speed Effect is another one if you want to go deeper, at least under. And then the six, Pretty Creative. Those are all going to be underneath types 
maybe one or two deeper spread pick fours or pick fives, but three, two is who I build around and pretty formful, nothing too creative or outside the box for me in the tent. Maybe the, the two faded memories as a horse to use. And I generally don't like using the one for 20 types, but I do think she fits pretty well in here. Taylor's vision will be in most exotics. Tis tenacious. If I had to pick one, you know, tis tenacious might be the one there, but I'll probably end up using combinations of two, four, five, and and you know the ten gray girl go is the horse to beat. Gets the outside trip on the cutback, sits off. Nothing too creative for me to close things out. That is Friday over at Sam Houston. Good luck. I'm gonna try to get through the rest of this show as quickly as possible so we can get you this uh, Friday analysis out to listen. Let's go to Gulfstream for Saturday. Just a couple plays that I had uh, over at Gulfstream Park on Saturday. The first one is in race number five. The number seven, I'm looking at Shastri, who's six to one on the morning line. If this horse is clo- over seven to two, I'm going to bet him to win. He's drawn well. There's pace to chase. He finished fourth in a race where the third place finisher came back to win the Mucho Macho Man Stakes next out. He's getting Lasix for the first time. There's a bunch of speed drawn to the inside, so he should sit off perfectly. And he was traveling well. He had no room. He had to angle around. He got beat to a spot, and then he came on again. He was a little bit flat. And that was a lot of kind of start, stop, start, stop. He just ends up missing third there. So that is Shastri, the number seven, in race number five at Gulfstream on Saturday. Got one more for you. A little later on the card, it's the Fat Man in the Tropical Turf, the grade three in race number eight. Fat Man, he's tried the turf five times. One of them was his debut going five and a half. He was beaten less than two lengths. Then the other three, t- three of the other times were in stakes. One of them he finished second, and and then he's out, got a second in a starter allowance. His turf form is a little bit better than it might look. Some of the shorter price horses in here are not in the best of current form, or I just don't like them at their short prices. Give me Fat Man with a little bit of class in this spot on Saturday over at Gulfstream Park. So if Fat Man is anything around three to one, we'll make a, a win wager. It's a P-H-A-T, Fat Man, on Saturday, Gulfstream Park. Let's get to Santa Anita for Saturday. A little navigating through the Santa Anita card. So in race number two, we're looking at Santa Anita, race two for Saturday, January the 8th. I thought Invisible War looks like the one to catch. Second time in the Sadler Barn. There's not a lot of other speed in this race. It's a small field. Who's going to go early with Invisible War? Johnny V is riding incredibly well right now. He was aboard two starts back when this horse just missed by a neck. That was out at Keeneland. The race came back live. The winner uh, came back next out to, to beat winners. And yeah, it was made in 30, but Invisible War proved they can fit in this maiden special weight level. I think the two will try to get aggressive in race number two, Invisible War. Anything around uh, three to one will make a win wager there. In the third race, Sugary, probably going to be pretty tough. Maybe it's just a horse to kind of use in some of your early exotics and maybe just single in on. The fifth race, I love the four, Fly the Sky. Really big fan of this horse who has had trouble now in in three consecutive races. And that may be a problem. He may just be one of those type of horses who sort of gets himself into trouble a lot. But he's been inside post ones, two, one, two, and three. Now he's in post four, so a little bit more outside. 
and he's just been slow in three straight starts. Back on October the 3rd, off slow inside, tough trip, moved right up into contention, but no room. October 30th, squeezed back a bit, um, recovered fine inside. It was about 8th, ninth, 6th off, and then it was just buried inside. Again, nowhere to go. Um, wasn't going to win that race, but he could have been like 2nd or 3rd. He ended up finishing 8th, and so it looks a, a lot worse than it was. Um, November the 19th brutal start and he closed really well in between horses I like this spot for fly the sky Johnny V jumps aboard hopefully he can just get him to have a better beginning if he has a fine start it could be really tough to hold off the number 4 fly the sky he's 10 to 1 on the morning line anything around 5 will make a win wager there on fly the sky and at Santa Anita for Saturday, do we have any others for you? Yeah, we do. The, the sixth race is, or the eighth race is the Santa Inez. If you're trying to, you know, play this race, I probably really won't. The Miss Maddie B maybe coming back to the dirt. She just seems like she's better now than the last time we saw her on the dirt. But I, I don't love her, and it's not a horse I'm probably going to make a win wager on. In the ninth race, we've got Phenom. The Undertaker. That's that's for the old wrestling rewatch. Phenom cleared the field, opened up two, and catches a group that doesn't seem to have very much pace on paper here. I think Phenom has the opportunity to just get aggressive, to try to steal this race. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you've got Annie Song, who's going to be settling and trying to make one late run. She'll be cutting back from a mile to six furlongs, and she will come closing Urban, a measuring stick type horse for this race. That's where Pratt ends up um, for Simon Callahan back in the Callahan barn. So I have three Phenom there in the ninth. Anything around three to one, I'll make a win wager and maybe use a couple of those others in the exotics. That is for Santa Anita for Saturday. If you ever need any help, with Santa Anita, uh, my selections are on the website. If you go to SantaAnita.com, there's a couple best bets every day from me. If you click on handicapping, you can go down and see a bunch of different handicappers. My big, beautiful mug will be there. You can click right on my head, and it'll take you to uh, selections for any day. So a couple of the best bets that I gave out for Saturday were the two in race two and the five uh, and the four, excuse me, in race number five, the horse with uh, with Johnny V. Uh, sprinting on the turf course there. So you can always check those out, SantaAnita.com, and hopefully we can lead you in the right direction with with a few winners each and every day. Let's get over to Sam Houston for Saturday. We'll finish up with the, the Saturday racing with some Sam Houston analysis. Sammy Houston, Saturday, July the 8th. Race number one, 5,000 time restricted claimers. Salacious accusation is the one to beat back in with restricted claimers, but I like Shackalakalakalakalaka. The number five, second off, got a little bit more speed than she showed last time out. She's got some good Sam Houston form there. Isabel's joy is obviously very logical and very live towards the outside. I had him stacked five, four, six in the opener. Race number two does kick off that early pick four at Sam Houston on Saturday night. The number two, Lone Star Chrome, looks like the one to catch. Fresh speed on the drop, comes out of a live race. There is not much else in this group, and that's a a chalky, really likely winner there. In the third race, 25 non-three claimers going a mile on the turf course. The five, Gordon Anthony, was sitting fourth about three lengths off most recently. was in the two-path and just couldn't get to the wire-to-wire winner, Guinnessy. 
He'll be making his second start on the turf. His other turf start was against $20,000 claimers at Golden Gate, and he ran very well, finishing second, win flashing speed, going the mile. Gordon Anthony in all exotics for me. The six. There's a place called Kokomo, Coco, Kokomo. That's where we'll take it. You know what I'm talking Bermuda, Bahama. So we're going to Kokomo. That's where we're going. And Coco, Coco, Mo, Como, Coco, Como, Kokomo. Coco, Como. We're going to Kokomo. Five, six, and the one. I have some fun messing around with you guys sometimes. And uh, the one entry is going to be pretty chalky in there. The fourth race at Sammy Houston, maiden $15,000 claimers, night at the Roxy. Had a good start from post 12, got forced five wide, was in the second flight, but was within two and then flattened out. Track had a lot of moisture in it that day at Remington Park. It was only seven to one, got some action in that big field. I think it's a great spot for night at the Roxy, the number five in race number four. In the fifth race on Saturday, I like the one I'm money. He was right with the leaders last time out. Four horses lined up across the track. That running line is very deceiving. And the winner, Bybee, was dropping out of two stakes races. And then he tried stakes again afterwards. I'm money, the number one, the selection for me in race number five. I also give a look to Rosie's Outlaw, KC, Tiz Moro, some logical horses to use in some of your exotics. Open first level allowance in race number six at Sam Houston. I thought the four first avenue, the two back race, anything that's comparable to that would be very, very tough. Face sloppy group last time out on October the 5th over at Parks. The two close to midnight should be in the mix early. Comedian might be able to save all the ground and, and sit a nice kind of mid-pack trip. Seventh race, not the strongest group in the world here. I had a tough time uh, just... Really making a case for anyone, uh, Battleship Bevo is where I'll, I'll land, but not a race where I'm going to be involved all that much, to be to be honest. The eighth race, they'll go a mile on the turf there. Amazing Wisdom has some turf form that is better than it looks on paper. You'll see, oh, for four, okay, this horse doesn't like the grass, but dig into those grass races. They're sneaky. There's some trouble. Um, amazing Wisdom going to be on all of my exotics. The three, Holy Creed, no doubt the one to beat. And uh, Nautical Moon has to show what they can do on the grass, but as far as what she's proven or what he's proven on the dirt, he fits very well with this group. Closing things out, Maiden Special Weights going six furlongs on the dirt. Dream Pyre broke in, was bumped, was back to last of nine, inside, angled widest of all, and was a clear cut second. That was from the rail. That was against. Open Maiden Specials at Remington Park in a race that I think was a lot tougher than this one. And Soaring, I'm not that high on. I'm going to try to beat Soaring. I'm going to use the Five Summer Cat and the Seven Dream Pyre. That is Sam Houston for Saturday. Make sure to follow along on social media. It's me, Gino B. Some days we're going to pop up with live streams leading up where we'll go 30 minutes, maybe even an hour, race by race, take a look at past performances, daily racing form, formulator, PPs, show you everything there about the uh, Sam Houston races. Give us a follow. It's me, Gino B. Now we head to a little 
wrestling this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. Before we do, a couple things to mention. The Santa Anita Pick'em Contest. I, I forgot to mention those when we were, do, when we were talking Santa Anita. They're free to enter. Pick'em.SantaAnita.com. A prop contest that combines ba- uh, basketball, football, horse racing, hockey, point spreads, totals, unique props to some of the games, and then pick the winner of certain races at Santa Anita, questions about jockeys, highest win payouts. It's a lot of fun. It's free to enter. You can win $500 every Saturday, every Sunday. Follow along. It's me, Gino B. I will show you how to sign up. We do a live stream every Friday to show you how to build your lineup, how to register, and then we share some of our analysis. Chase Sessoms will join me every Friday, 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. You're hanging at home. You know, you're realizing the, uh, you know, the home isn't smelling all that great. SarahCandles.com, C-E-R-A, Candles.com, that promo code G-I-N-O gets you 10% off your purchase. And then from the very beginning, one of the longtime sponsors of That's What G Said has been Cindy Carava, full-service realtor. Her website, cindycarava.com, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. She can help you with buying, with selling, with leasing. She can connect you with lenders if you need help getting pre-approved for a loan. She can help set you up with vendors if you need help you know, finding gardeners, landscapers, painters, and you're looking for home improvement. She'll do a free market analysis of your home's value. Maybe you're in an area that she doesn't cover specifically. She will find someone in your area that she knows, that she trusts, that will help you. CindyCarava.com Now it's time to talk a little wrestling with Chad Cooper this week in wrestling. Here it is, folks. Fight of the night. And trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, calm down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper. It's time for another edition of This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper. And we are going to bounce around this week. What we're going to do just a little differently than recapping all of the the shows. We'll we'll do that again uh Next week, but we have a couple big paper uh, pay per view and TV shows uh, coming up for WWE, NXT, and AEW as they make the move over to TBS. So what we can do is we can kind of work backwards. We can preview those shows as we talk about each of the matches and the storylines. We can talk about what's been happening over the last week or so. But Coop, there is a little news to get into right away. Uh, the biggest news uh, we discuss on Thursday morning as we record this: Tony Storm. Who was a major player on the the WWE women's roster very recently She had been in NXT UK, she was in NXT for a while She just got pulled up to the main roster earlier this year For a while she was floundering, they didn't really We'd see her on TV and then we wouldn't see her again for another month But she's been in the biggest, most high profile storyline that she's ever had in her career, she's traveled the world and been in big matches, but wrestling Charlotte Flair on national TV on Christmas Eve, that's a big deal. And that's where she was last week. And then she apparently asked for her release. She is gone from WWE now. I don't even know what to say. This was a shock. Uh, you know, eventually truth will come out. 
you know, now, you know, I'm reading reports that, uh, you know, that she's like not only gone, but she's out of the country. She went back home to the UK. I don't know if that's true. I, it's just shocking. You know, she's a star. She was someone that, uh, that, uh, in NXT just had a massive personality, um, easy, likable, had the look, was good in the ring. And yeah, she's wrestled all over the world. New Japan, she's been in all these big matches. She's wrestled, uh, she, she's wrestled every, every, end of, every star you can imagine. But as you said, Christmas Eve on Fox against Charlotte Flair in a pretty good match um, that opened the show that got 15 minutes, right? And then all of a sudden she's gone and hey, this isn't a budget cut thing or we would have seen other names been dropped over the last 24 hours. This is very surprising and disheartening because I was a really big fan of her. Hopefully these are all right. You and I have tried to push her Oh, uh, in our fan. own booking for a long time, right? I mean, we yeah. were. She yeah, was. I, I, she was yeah, one. She if I was fans. creating a women's division and I was a booker, she would be on my list of three women I'd want to start a division Absolutely, with. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Um, you know, she does have a significant other. She was. Uh, she was uh, in a relationship with Juice Ro- uh, with Juice Robinson, who's, you know, in Impact and New Japan. Uh, I did see some. Some photos over the last couple of weeks of her, you know, at uh, some holiday parties with other workers, you know, because everybody hangs with each other. Uh, but asking for your release uh, from the WWE after this, uh, just hope all is well. But this is major, major shock, uh, major shock in the world of professional wrestling. And um, as is happening all across the world. The COVID spikes and the Omicron are running through pro wrestling right now. Uh, oh, again, yeah. you're not yeah. doctors. We don't know. But everything that it seems like for, from this strain, it's much more contagious. But we know more about it in that it seems like it's not quite as deadly. And it seems like it kind of gets in and out of people quicker. It's not something that lingers quite as much. You just sort of seem to know that within a few days you have it. And then, you know, when it's gone kind of you it's gone um but but there's some weird stuff happening because as the this is going on in WWE on Monday night raw biggie wasn't there seth rollins wasn't there lashley wasn't there apparently vince mcmahon kevin dunn and like almost all of the producers <laughs> yeah. weren't there yet they decided to put out a statement or i guess they didn't put out a statement it was the statement was found out that they've they're not going to um require the wrestlers to test anymore for covid it just all kind of seems weird that they would I, if they want to do whatever they want to do that's fine it seemed a weird timing that they would announce that the week that they're missing a ton of people <laughs> from covid yeah it, it the world has gone mad and it seems like everyone is starting to make their own decisions, which mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I guess if, if you're the company, you can, you know, the CDC, you know, has been recommending all kind of things daily now from quarantines from 10 days to five. And now they're saying, you know, yesterday, well, this PCR test, uh, you could be positive up to 12 weeks, you know, after your quarantine. So I don't know. This is going to be an interesting Saturday, Gino. Yes. Uh, with this day one pay per view, because as of right now, the card is intact. I have a feeling 
the card will not be intact. No. Um, and, and okay, so this is this is a topic that I'm I'm glad that is worth is worth discussing here. So AEW and WWE do things a little differently with with real world problems, real world issues. Right. right. Now, and I don't think there's a right or wrong way. Let me no, say that. No, me first. neither. Me neither. Because whatever you decide to do, that's what you decide to do. And because you got to think about where these two companies are coming from, right? Now, I watch a lot of TV shows and movies. I don't know what's going on with the actors behind the scenes on those movies that I'm watching. I don't know if some of those actors got COVID and stuff got moved around and scenes got changed or edited. I was just watching Hawkeye, a series that, you know, it looked like there might have been some things that got edited or cut out. But I don't know. You can just kind of. And so that's what it's hard for the WWE. They want to be, they're a publicly traded company. They've right. always wanted to be more like a TV show and like the movies. And so for them, I can understand why they don't want to come out and say, oh, hey, Seth Rollins has COVID. Sure. sure. Right. That's not like their style. That's They've never done that. But on the flip side, I can completely understand why AEW does do things like that. Because, sure. oh, hey, Dean Amber or John Moxley is going to go get um, help right now. He's, you know, he's got a drinking problem. That's something that WWE probably would never say, but AEW does. I don't think either one of them is wrong, right? I, I can see people get frustrated and people that don't like WWE, they're going to want to crap on WWE for anything they do. But you, but from just that standpoint, like you, you get where they're coming from. They understand, to them, they are a big global company that, there are way more people that they have to worry about than just the people on Twitter. Sure. Like, there are so sure. many other things that they're worrying about. So this is tricky because they, you know, do they come out early and say, oh, hey, these matches are off, but they don't want to do that. And now that the protocols have changed and stuff and people may only have to be away for five days, they might be able to still get these matches on. But right. is it worth in this pandemic era? Is it worth chancing it with everything going yeah. on? Yeah, you know? it's kind of like what the NFL is, is you know, trying to do, or, or what they've done as well, too. Now they've got, you know, the NFL and the players union have agreed to, well, if, you know, if you're unvaccinated, you don't need this test or this type of test. I'm with you. I don't know, because you assume if Seth Rollins is out, that Becky Lynch is out, right? And Becky wasn't on the show, Um I just and those who were on the show Monday night, who's to say they don't get sick between now and Saturday? Right. You know, it's um and okay, and then you, the biggest, the biggest of all of this, right? Roman Reigns. Yeah. Roman sure. Reigns is immunocompromised. Sure. Roman Reigns has leukemia. I'm I'm speaking as somebody who is in the same situation as Roman Reigns. Sure. And that's sure. and that's why like you know, most people, some people have probably seen, you know, me through the last two years of this pandemic. I've been pretty firm one way in, in, of, of just, hey, like, I'm going to be very cautious about this because I, I can't chance it. Sure. Like, I'm the, I have a bad, I have a, a less than 100% immune system. I'm the type of person that if, if I caught COVID, I would be one of the most likely people to die from it. So I understand other people don't have that situation, but it, it is, to me, I, I see some people around and I think, wow, that, that's kind of selfish because like if you got a grandma or a mom or a dad that's that way, you don't want to go see them. 
or you don't want to you you like you're just kind of like because that's sort of, sort of where we are with Roman. Remember, Roman was gone for like six months in the when the pandemic started because of this reason. He yeah. didn't want to, he couldn't put himself in a situation where he could be more likely to catch something. And if this gets bad, you wonder for him, is that the same time? Is he going to have to make that kind of a decision again? I mean, that's a big deal for the face of your company right now. And now you have just said, oh, we're not going to do everyday testing. I, I'm just curious. I wonder what he thinks about that. And like, I wonder how he, it's it's just weird. Like, we don't know. We don't know what's going on, what's thinking. It's just, yeah. this is the world that we're living in right now, Coop. It's just constantly changing. Yeah, it's evolved. And, you know, he's been working house shows because uh, I, I, I've been seeing videos uh, of him working house shows in six-man tag matches. And you just don't know. It, it may be something if he's isolated and whoever's working with him has to be tested every day. I, I, I don't yeah, know. It's, it, it, it's very... It's very interesting that they will come out and say that because they have been a company that has been doing that. They haven't publicly come out and said that. And other companies haven't. Right. And they have been a company that has been pushing uh, you to get vaccinated. All the PSAs on Monday Night Raw, uh, Friday Night Smackdown of the superstars, whether they're vaccinated or not, I don't know. But they're telling you in these PSAs, you need to get vaccinated. Um, other companies don't do that. I'm not even talking about AEW or Impact. I'm talking about just other businesses don't do that. It's just, uh, you know, it seems like we're going into year three of a pandemic, um, but we're not. It, we're, we're, we're basically going into year two. But, um, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, unfortunately, the show must go on and you have a pretty big card on Saturday in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, something that hasn't been done on New Year's Day, and I don't know how long uh, in professional wrestling, especially of the major companies, which would be WWE, you know, WCW, uh, going back that far, and you have a pretty big card. As of right now, there's seven matches, only one that I don't give a crap about, but it's still a big card with big yeah. names on it, and you're going to have an arena full of fans because it's going to be packed so i, I don't crazy. know you know I, I just don't know it, it's uh every day every hour it, it changes I, and i just don't know man i just don't know and that's what drives human beings crazy is the unknown right that's what it's driven us nuts i mean christmas we want to know what we get for christmas we want to know that it's the unknown we're watching a movie we kind of know what's probably going to want to skip ahead get the spoilers the yeah, yeah we, but we want to watch the movie to see what happens. And this is what has driven mankind crazy from day one has been the unknown. And it's just uh, if you're a professional wrestling fan, you spend a lot of your time, uh, life and energy and investment in watching this stuff. And then you you kind of have a connection with these people. And it's just like at the end of the day, you and I, we have. No ties to Tony Storm, but we like Tony Storm. Absolutely. And it's just, it's just, it's hard to put in words what goes on daily, not only here, but worldwide. Um, but with wrestling, something that continued between them and the UFC that continued through this pandemic is how they've done it without, uh, a, without a catastrophe, meaning death 
or someone getting it, severely it's, ill. It's mind-boggling that that, that, is, that I, is, I agree with you. It's, it's like it's, winning the lottery a couple of times. Honestly, it is, it and has you're been. playing with fire a little bit, right? Like, what? However, you feel about things, it's just a uh, like. If if the first person in the NFL or the NBA or one person gets sick and dies, that's going to be too many, and that and yeah, that's yeah, be, we'd be in trouble. Sure, that's that's where like we've been lucky that we haven't had that right. in any of the major, and and we don't know like we've had a lot of players that have had complications moving sure. forward from, sure. and they they've had to you know breathing problems or this or that. It's just um. Yeah, we'll see. We'll knock on wood, and just a few days out, they have not announced any changes to this card. We're going to run through the card. This is on Saturday. Keep in mind that this uh, this year, WWE are going to have the Saturday pay-per-views a lot of the time, and we have a pre-show match listed. Cesaro, Ricochet versus Ridge Holland and Sheamus. You know what? I've at least liked that recently we've been getting more Ricochet on our TV. At, like if If you don't have a plan for him, at least get him out there every week. And Ricochet is one of those guys who I think he he tweeted one day I'm gonna win the Royal the other day, like I'm gonna win the Royal Rumble. I'm gonna I'm gonna main event wrestling. Like he still wants to be that guy. So I think there's gonna be a time and a place or the people who get behind Ricochet at the right moment. It's not now, but this is a lot better than him in catering. And like he was out, he was on the show, <laughs> he was a part of the, the gauntlet match. He, you know, he he actually got a pin over Sheamus in the gauntlet match because Cesaro came to help him out and he made it to the end and then he ends up losing to Sammy. But this, like, I at least like him in the mix now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't want to see him getting tossed around the locker room by, by Drew McIntyre. Um, no, yeah. No. He had a good run in the, uh, the 12 days of Christmas gauntlet match. Uh, like you said, he pinned Sheamus. Um, I think he was in there 13, 14 minutes. Gender too. He pinned gender too. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and him and Zan- uh, Sammy, uh, finished the match off. Uh, I'm pro ricochet always have been loved his work, uh, in Lucha underground. Um, that's a guy regardless in any, match situation he needs to be involved in and there and there are people that that are going to support him and watch his matches such a pre-show match uh ridge and sheamus have been doing the buddy i mean they should win they should be the chief the heels that win rick ricochet and cesaro don't necessarily need the win but this is actually be a pretty good like if it's a pre-show match and they let these guys go like 10 or 15 minutes they'll they'll work their asses off here as uh we continue along through the Day one card, so we've got Oh, get ready for this, Drew McIntyre Versus <laughs> Matt Cap Moss He's just this, gonna Squash the absolute hell out yes, of him Right? Yeah, this this has gotta be Less than a minute type deal Um, I, I just don't Get this gimmick Um, this be a pay-per-view match This is like a TV no, match, you know No, this is not even a pre-show type gimmick match This is Poor Drew, there's got to be something for him on the other side of this. I just, I don't know what, you know, when you when you look at his road to WrestleMania, it's not looking very good right now. No. Um, I, you know, he's probably, does he win the Royal Rumble? Well, he's on Raw. That would put him and Big E, if Big E's still your champion. I'm not sold on Big E making it to WrestleMania as a champion, but, man, Madcap Moss, I mean, you're not even getting... I, I don't know. This this that's the one that I'm not looking forward to. No, this is the match that's squash. No, yeah, let's just have him, you know, squash and get the hell out of there. Other than that, 
the rest of the card looks pretty good on paper. Yeah, um, we've got RK Bro defending the tag team titles against the Street Profits, and oh man, at the end of uh of or when and Raw when uh, they both had their kind of individual singles matches against Gable and Otis, and then when Ray uh, when when Riddle's trying to get a hug, and, and Randy. Gives him the hug and then he fakes him like he's gonna do the RKO <laughs> and then Riddle fakes the face like oh no and then Randy just kind of smiles and gives him another hug. I I popped on that. That made me laugh so hard. That was fantastic. And you know what? The Street Profits and Dominic and Rey Mysterio in the uh, the finals of the RK Bro tournament. That was a fantastic tag match. A great match. They had a that really, was really good. good match. I think people forget how good Montez is, man. He can go. There he is. And yeah. Angelo is is solid. Like he's a good he tag team he worker. Is. He's he's fine for he's perfect for the role. And together they they have a good chemistry. And this will be a lot of fun. I think uh, both of the tag matches on the show, and then the other one, we're going to get the Usos versus the New Day. I mean, we know these guys have gone at it so many times, but they're it's usually fresh. They're always kind of tweaked their gimmicks a little bit, and now again, I mean. Both of these tag matches have the right to go 15 minutes or so and be really, really good. I don't see RK Bro giving up those titles. Um, would you be surprised if New Day went no, over? No, not at all. Match? This would yeah. be absolutely not. This would be uh, even the right time with King with King Woods. You know, yeah. I don't think yeah. they want King Woods to be a singles main champ, but you can have part of the the King gimmick with them, and even if they're the tag team champs. And they do the King thing. I don't know if they ever want to split them up or turn them. But you could see that leading to him and Kofi splitting up. If he's like trying to do the King thing as their tag champs. And Kofi's like, dude, we're a team. You know? And it it would make for one hell of a mania match too. Those guys, right? A singles match? Those two guys in a singles. A 20-minute match in mania in front of 100,000 people. That would be a blast. And it would give them both. Something that singles wise they wouldn't get. Fresh I don't think I, one of them yes. would get a singles match with somebody else, right? No, You're at this time, a six man or a gimmick battle royal type, right? Deal, but usually, with each other, right? they could have a fun mid card singles match, and then like and nothing, we, we, and, and nothing with the Usos. And look, we, we we we're getting to it, but with the Paul Heyman work on SmackDown this past week, right? Over the last couple of weeks, uh, excuse me, last year, this has just been fantastic but over the last couple of weeks with Heyman getting fired and then this last week you know he he thinks his career is over I'm not saying Roman losing the title I don't know I don't know what's going to happen there I doubt it but I wouldn't mind seeing the Usos lose their title to make this story even more interesting with the head of the table and the family I I, you know and, and it would give the New Day it would give them some more meaning Completely to a agree. Bit. I, I this is like something that to get Roman pissed off at them. This yes. is something to add layers to this. Then you get Especially them. Maybe... If it's early in the card and yeah. they lose and we go to them and they're backstage and he said, man, I I'm main eventing with, with Brock Lesnar and you guys do this. And then they get involved in the main somehow. I, I would, I'd like to see a change here. I don't want to see RK bro. I want them to see with the titles because I think they're hot again. They did. I they got back. They flipped the switch back. on them again. They did. They flipped the switch. They've been, you know, two of the bright stars of Raw. But I would like to see a title change here on SmackDown with the tag team titles. We get to 
Edge versus The Miz. Sure. I think they've built this thing up for about a month now. Out of the four weeks, I'd say three of the weeks were really good. And one of the weeks, it was just like, and the, the one a couple weeks ago with with Miz, it, with, uh, with Maurice, Maurice, Maurice on that cutting yeah. edge thing. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. that great. But this week was good again. He brought Bischoff out. You do the <laughs> renewing the vows. Everybody knows Edge is going to show up at some point. But it was just a... A good segment. Actually, the ratings held really well too. People hung around yeah, to, watch, to watch this, and uh, the, the I don't know why they do the black stuff instead of the blood. It's like they don't want to show blood yeah, on TV yeah, or something. And we got, so and we funny. Got the brood music too. The brood, and I, I love the brood music. I would have loved to see Gangrel just come out and destroy too. That would have been the ultimate. I think that's a little too much, but the music was phenomenal. The black was uh, okay. Come on, come on, guys. Red. You could have just said red paint, but I know just put I, red I paint this, in there or something. But the brood music is an all timer, man. That is a were, pop. They, were, they music. were one of my favorite groups. The the brood was one of you know at house shows they'd really get into that that gimmick. But I I think you and I have been pretty spot on with this storyline with holding Beth Phoenix back in hell. Hey, they may not bring her in at all, but I think keeping her away from out of this, I think Miz gets the cheap win at this pay-per-view with the help of Maurice. And maybe, I, I don't know if you can hold it off to Mania because, you know, Edge, you know, is still a guy that's that's super big, but a mixed tag would be pretty cool with Beth Phoenix, uh, the two couples going at it. I, I would really enjoy that. Yeah, I think that's got where we got to be headed. Beth's got to show up on this show to help. And then it leads or to the following night on Raw or Raw, yeah. and it and it yeah. leads to Rumble, you know. Yeah. And then we do it at the Rumble, and that would be great. Uh, I, I think it'd be a lot of fun. That. Yes, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun there. As uh, let's see, we continue along. We've got Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan. Big moment for Liv. Uh, you know, she's done fine. I thought the thing a few weeks ago was kind of goofy, where they had her go, you know, to show up at the. The performance center and you know <laughs> the girl is like obviously not Poor Becky girl. Lynch. I know it's like, but but uh, I mean that was a little goofy. Other, uh, nonetheless, the the moments that she's been talking, I don't think she's seemed out of place. She hasn't seemed lost. She doesn't seem like she's doesn't belong. She just seems like a young, still a little bit green in some spots. But you know what? She like I don't have too many knocks on. What Liv has been doing with her work Leading into this And she's been good in the ring I don't think it's the moment for her to beat Becky I don't think she's going to win this match or anything But she does feel Like she has elevated herself A lot in the last Two months or so And I'll tell you this she's you know, Of course she's got a massive following On social media She's done a pretty good job uh, I shouldn't say pretty good She's done a really good job Especially on Twitter uh, interacting with fans, uh, just, you know, this is my time. This is what I've dreamed for my, my entire life. She's done a very good job with the storyline. It, it was a lot better than Charlotte and Tony Storm. Um, I, you know, it's more believable. Uh, I think Becky is such a star. It's been kind of hard to get behind Liv as the underdog because even though Becky has played the heel, she's so over. But again, I think uh, they deserve a pretty long match here, and uh, I, I think the, the story will be over after this. And uh, what is next for Becky or Liv? I don't know. But it's been very good to watch. Liv has grown, and it's been 
she's like you said, she's elevated herself and she belongs in this company and she belongs on, on, on TV every week. Uh, and she's gotten a lot better in the ring. Two title matches, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar singles match for the Universal Championship. We I mean, we saw Brock lay out Roman the last we saw. Then Paul Heyman, you know, came out and he cut that really good promo. And, you know, he said, I'm just trying to protect Roman. I really love him and I care about him. And so, I mean, everything that Roman has done has been fantastic for such a long time now. Heyman's been great. And this version of Brock has been very fun. This kind of baby facey Brock. Um, and as a fan, I genuinely am a little bit, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm a little bit unsure of what's going to happen, which I like. I, I don't think Roman will just lose clean. Let's say that. I pro- I don't think that's probably what happens. I don't think Roman just gets beat one, two, three clean. I wouldn't even be shocked if he loses the match though. In some way with Heyman if he shows up and they do some kind of return. There's a lot of things happening here, Coop, and I'm I'm very interested. Yeah, because it's fluid, right? As we mentioned before, and as we're talking, I always enjoy the betting lines for, for WWE, right? Because a lot of times they're really right, and a lot of times they're really long. Uh, they're really wrong. And looking at Lesnar... And Roman Reigns and Roman to be an only minus 250 favorite kind of shows you right there that there's a possibility this could flip on Saturday. I, I, this is the one match I have no clue. I, 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 you know, Uso's getting involved. I don't know. Do we have a DQ? Does Paul Heyman does, you know, I I don't think someone is losing clean. Uh, I would be shocked, but. If Roman's keeping the title, I would think this this would be like a Becky Lynch line, minus 400, minus 500. I think they may be still up in the air here. You, know, you remember, you know, Brock is on the poster of the Royal Rumble, but with everything being so fluid, you never know what's going to happen. We don't, we don't know if these matches are even going to happen. But I would not be surprised if Brock Lesnar won this title Saturday night. I agree. Would not shock me at all. Uh, and then the final match, I mean, we don't know if this is going to be a four-way, a three-way. At least they sort of have, um, they, they've got some, uh, you know, some uh, some fallout built in with the four-way. Big E, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Bobby Lashley. It felt like they were, they were really heating Lashley up. It really did. Um, I don't know now, but I think... If they like Big E and they want him to chase the title going into Mania, that wouldn't shock me. I wouldn't be shocked if that's if they want to try to heat Big E back up to to go after the title versus have him be the guy holding the title at Mania. I could see that happening. I'm, I mean, I'm not sure though. I really don't have any idea of the four guys in this match. He kind of feels the coolest at the moment. To be fair, like Kevin Owens, they needed Kevin Owens on Monday. Yeah. He did a great job. He was like oh, filling was in. Funny. He was just doing everything he could. He was playing babyface in some spots. He was playing heel in others. Like, he was just whatever he needed. And what I thought was pretty interesting was when when he defeated Cedric Alexander, uh, and then he gave the stunner to Shelton Benjamin. Someone made it a point on Twitter that the match finished at three minutes and 16 seconds. So Austin 316. So the guy got a stunner. So I don't know. That was pretty cool. 
Um, this is again, if if you look, if you think Biggie is your guy, Biggie is your guy. Uh, the flavor of the of the moment has been Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. I think they've been a, done a phenomenal job. But hell, I said it last week and the week before and the week before. I think the guy they've made the strongest out of all of this has been Bobby Lashley. And now he wasn't there. So I don't know if he's out. Uh, I, I don't know if any titles change hands. I, and they may not. I don't know. But I, I like that that's what is so intriguing mm-hmm. about this card on Saturday. Let's knock on wood and hope we get these matches. If they're not, I, I'm sure they're going to be good matches. KO has been definitely an MVP in a lot of this. Um, but if Big E's your guy, you know, we, we, we got to start building some stuff to WrestleMania. And if you look on that Raw roster, um, it's good to see AJ Styles um, going solo. Uh, he's going to do some work with Grayson Waller. We'll get into to that here shortly. But, I mean, who if, if Big E walks out of the day one with the title, where do we go from here? Are we a Drew McIntyre? Are we got two kind of baby faces? You know, what What do we do? So th- they're in a dilemma here. On SmackDown, not as much. But on Raw with the title, they're kind of in a dilemma here because there's really not a lot, especially with the New Day being on SmackDown. I don't know. I just yeah. I don't know here. I agree. I agree. Um, that is your card for the show coming up this weekend. Day one on Saturday. So Seven matches on the main card and then the pre-show match Cesaro, uh, Ricochet and Versus uh, Ridge and Sheamus And who knows if any of these matches are going to have to be changed With all of the COVID stuff happening But we will recap the show For you next week There's another one that will be coming up next week That on paper looks really really good Koopa Loop And I'm talking about NXT New oh, yeah. Year's Evil There are five matches I believe carded So you were just talking about AJ We can talk about him I don't know why they haven't done this more through the years. I That's love what I was telling buddies. I love I when guys and gals this. go down and back and forth and up and down to NXT. And I think now we actually will see more of it because it's not being treated like that third completely separate brand like I it agree. was before. NXT before was something that Vince looked at and was like, oh, this isn't something that I do. This is Triple H's thing. This is like an indie thing. We'll let them have their fun, but I'll kind of stick out of it. Now they decided to change. And if you don't like the the new NXT product, I can understand that. If you if it was not the, the reason why you got into NXT and you prefer indie stuff or how AEW does some of the stuff and that kind of scratches that itch for you, totally get it. But now in Vince's world, at least these are guys and gals in NXT that he sees on the main roster in the future. He sees a future in them. So the fact that they can go up and down like this, I think we'll see this. Grayson Waller, he it, he feels like a massive deal right now. Out Dude, of like, out of and nowhere. Out of I, nowhere. I was hating that character. Me too. I, I just eight weeks ago, I, a month ago, just couldn't connect with it. And then he shows up on Raw, and I'm like, okay, I'm getting this now. And then AJ appears on NXT again. This is what they've been. What what the, you know? Look, they've they've had a pretty stacked NXT roster over the last several years, right? We 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 both can agree. There's been some massive stars, um, 
But now, since they've rebranded, this is probably pretty freaking smart. And next Tuesday feels like one of these takeover pay-per-views, and AJ Grayson could be the show stealer. This, it could this, be. That's going to be a fantastic match, man. AJ Styles likely going to show up. I mean, he will show up, and we're going to get a Grayson Waller AJ Styles match you on think so. Tuesday night on New Year's Evil. That's one of the five matches listed on the card. Um, and Grayson can go in the ring. He's yeah, he annoying can. as hell. You want to see him <laughs> get his, his face punched in. And this would be really good for AJ moving forward for his, like, babyface yes. singles run. But, but like, did you see how hot he was on Raw? And what oh, man. On Raw, they announced he was supposed to uh, go one-on-one with the Commander Aziz. Then we come back from commercial break. And Apollo says, no, 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 I've got to change things up. But you see how hot this guy is without Omos? I, I mean, you I'm could sorry. Instantly, he could win the Royal Rumble, and, and, everybody, and everybody would want to see him win the title at Mania immediately against and whoever he was zero facing. complaints about it. And you zero could put him in, bitching about it. You could put him in with Big E. I, w- I would love to see, I don't know which one of them, but I'm like, I want to see AJ or KO versus Edge at Mania. Sure. One of I'm them. Okay with that. that would yeah. be great for yeah. for them. You know, like you could do the babyface, babyface thing with AJ, like out of the respect thing or whatever you want to do. But there's a lot of fun matches that lie ahead for AJ Styles right now. And Grayson Waller in NXT is one of them. Shout out to one Grayson. Yeah. He's done some really good work. And uh, he's flipped all, a lot of these NXT guys, I think. That war games match did a lot for them. Too. It did. It did. It it uh, did look, what we, they we, wanted. You and I both said that this that that NXT war games was going to not make or break, but it was going to set the tone for the next several months for this company. If it would have been a crappy show, which there have been some crappy NXTs, but I thought this past NXT was very good. The ratings were higher. Um, and it did. It raised the bar. And Grayson Waller and Cora Jade, these were stars who were born, not necessarily, not literally, but they were made to show they could be stars in NXT and on main rosters just from that pay-per-view. And I think that's what you've got here. And Grayson Waller, hey, I, I it just, it, it, it's hard for me to connect with, with British accents, I, you know. It, it took me a while to like Wade Barrett. Then he became one of my favorite, you know, uh, WWE superstars. And Grayson Waller, man, I've jumped on his bandwagon. I like this kid. He's He's got the it, you know. You can see quickly why. You can see, like, him like and Carmelo. Guy. Yeah, and he's you like know? a Miz guy. Yeah, he's he is. Like, him ball. and Carmelo, there are, like, you can see the things that they saw in them immediately. Sure. You're 100%. like, oh. Yep, we got like you can see why, and we got one here. Yeah, this is this is the type of person who's worth investing your time into. Sure, your TV time, because look at how much he seems to improve every time he's on TV. I want to see this guy get his face punched in, <laughs> his styles. This is exactly what he's supposed to be doing here. Um, uh, not on the show, but what did you think about uh, Tiffany Stratton? Uh, look, I- I'm. I'm 50-50 here. I'm going to give it a chance. Um, this does seem, uh, this gimmick, this daddy's girl, 
rich girl spoiled brat gimmick does seem a little old school for me, mm-hmm. which is fine because I, I'm an old school guy. Uh, I don't think it was the best of opening matches um, with, uh, you know, uh, Fallon Henley, which is uh, Tesha Price, who was been on the indie scene. She was an AEW for uh, she was the AEW enhancement talent for a while, who's a pretty good worker in the ring, but still young. I didn't think it was the best, but you know what? Um, you know, I'm drawing She's, she's got here. like, she's another one. She's got something, but she's still really green. Like the who match. Was, who, who was the gal? Uh, God, and she's one of my favorites. She was NXT. She was the blonde. She just had a baby. And they kept, she kept interrupting people's matches. Lacey. Lacey Evans. Okay. It took I me a while. I agree with you. Yes. It, it took me a while to get into that. And I started did. So that's why I'm going to give this a chance. Um, it, it, it does seem 90s uh, attitude era. But you know what? This is NXT 2.0 is the right, uh, is the right way to get this. She's not a five-star wrestler yet, but there is some potential there. And uh, we'll see, man. I'm going to give it a chance. We'll see. Ho- hopefully too. it sticks around. She's green. She's got to figure it out. Absolutely. She still looks Absolutely. like when she's in the ring, like she's processing everything, right? She's like, she's got to really set up her spots. Yeah she, and, needs, and- yeah, she needs somebody to lead her. And it's hard to do that when you have a lot of young people that you're putting over. Cause you can't yeah. put a, you know, you can't put Dakota Kai in that spot. Right. No, no, you, know, you just can't do it. Cause this girl's got to go over, but you know what? They did it with Lacey Evans. She kept interrupting everyone. And uh, we, uh, we, we learned to either love or hate her and the hell she became a champion. And I'm a really big fan of her. Yeah. Stratton character has got, she's athletic. She was like a, uh, in the Olympics and uh, stuff too. Olympics man. Yeah. So she, she has all of the, she checks a lot of the boxes. Now sure. it's just, Kind of putting it all together. There's yeah, even some like early Alexa Bliss in there uh, that yeah, she, sure, that she sure. kind of reminds me of. You know, when Alexa sure. was the the baby face doing the kind of Tinkerbell gimmick. Yes. Um, so a couple more matches on the New Year's Evil card to get into. We've got Carmelo Hayes versus Roderick Strong. This is going to be a unification of the NXT North American Championship and the Cruiserweight, and they said the winner will be the North American champ. So it sounds right. like that's the title they're going to want to keep. And I'd imagine this match is really good. Carmelo's good in the ring. Roderick Strong is one of the best wrestlers in the world, period. Yes. Like, in the ring, he's that good. And with a lot of his uh, guys on NXT, it feels like, I mean, I would, like... I wouldn't be shocked if the diamond mine was something that came up. Uh, they're kind of like a good, like they as a package. I don't think Roddy Strong would ever be treated like a main eventer on the main roster, but I do think the you got the tag team of the Creed brothers. You got the uh, the really really good. Um, is it is it Lila? What's uh, Ivy, the, uh, I, uh, Ivy I, Nile? Uh, Ivy Nile yeah, and yeah. between I think their presentation. You've got the good mouthpiece with Bivens there. I wouldn't be shocked if Roderick loses this and we saw this group come up to WWE. It, maybe they don't. Maybe they want him to be part of NXT a little bit more. But, I mean, Carmelo feels like the guy to win um, To win this. I don't. I would be surprised if, if Roderick was, won this thing. Yeah, I'm, it's interesting here. If, if you really think that they really like the diamond mind, Roderick Strong's the way to go. 
on the flip side, Carmelo has the more upside. Roderick Strong seems like the odd man out here, and I really like Roderick Strong. Um, you know, all of his all of his guys are gone. You know, right? They're they're in AEW now, and uh, I'm not saying anything like that that this guy is going AEW. I have no clue about his contract. Carmelo, on the other hand, seems like uh, they're really behind him, but I trick costing him the match or you know i don't know if there's going to be odds for this pay-per-view i doubt it but i'm a betting man and i lose most of the bets that i make or i or i I would be retired right um but i would think carmelo probably wins this here he's hot he's good on the mic but if you are going to go the way of roderick you know have the diamond mine get involved have trick cost him the match you know, something like that. You know, Carmelo's a guy that's probably going to be on the main roster in 2022. They've got yeah. outs, and this should be a very good match. It's going to be good. It's These be guys good can match. go, and I either, like, either um, way, it's not, like, going to be disappointing or, like, oh, really, yeah. that happens? Like, no, either way, they could match. run with it, and they could, yeah. do a, they could do a good job with either one of these. We've got... The women's championship, Mandy Rose versus Cora versus Raquel Gonzalez. Do we think Cora wins this right now? Is, is do they give it to her right away? Man, I, this is this is intriguing because you know we we we, we thought we were going to have this match automatically, and then on NXT on Tuesday night they kind of threw us a threw us a curveball a little bit with having a tag team match with EO and Kaylee Ray versus Cora and Raquel. Um, I don't know. I really don't know here. It's, um, you know, WWE is just so weird at how they do things. You, They get behind somebody and you think, 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 right? And then it doesn't happen. We were kind of sold on Braun Breaker just automatically being the champion in their first match. Uh, and then he loses clean. Um, I, I, I tell you what, uh, I, I don't know if this is the right spot. I, I just don't know. I agree. I think Mandy she needs to win in a one-on-one match against Mandy. Me too. Um, I guess if anyone gets pinned here, right, it's a triple threat. I, I would be interesting to see Cora pin Raquel, but I don't think they would do that to Raquel because they really like her. But that would be intriguing with them too because they've already kind of planted a little small seed that Cora's this young girl that kind of pops off a little bit like, hey, you look, you've already been the champion once. And, you know, it's my turn. So, you know, it'd be intriguing. I would assume Toxic Attraction gets involved. Since they got it. That's why there's party, a triple right? threat, right? There's yeah. a triple threat so they can get involved and yeah. and cheap win. And they sure. attack Raquel and Raquel gets pinned. And then something like that. Yeah. You know, something along those lines. You write Raquel off until she shows up at the Rumble in a few weeks, maybe if they want to do that with her. But yeah, Cora should win and she will win. I think she's got to beat her in a one-on. I think it's better for her to win the match one-on-one and get Me the too. and Me get too. that win that way. Yeah, because you can't protect Mandy or Raquel, right? No, I, I, I it it wouldn't make sense. If, you know, even though I think it'd be cool if she pinned Raquel, I, I just I don't think they're at that point yet in the storyline for them to to be at it unless Toxic Attraction has done something to knock Raquel out. You know, or and, and you, there's just. Two women. I, it, it's an interesting spot, but I think I, I want to see Mandy Rose retain here. I think her and Toxic Attraction have done a pretty pretty damn good job with these belts. 
Yeah, and she was good with cutting her promos out at the pool, and uh, yeah, I, I, thought, was, I thought her presence. Know, I, I, I don't yeah. know what she said, but she was. She was, she, yeah. She, <laughs> she, I'm very muffled. <laughs> um, so Mandy in the uh, the title match against Cora and Raquel, the the match I'm looking the most forward to is the one that they just announced the other day. Uh, honestly, six man tag. Riddle and MSK versus Imperium, Walter and uh, and Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel. And Coop, I gotta, I gotta say, for a while, I really crapped a lot on Imperium, and they're Dude. still not like my favorite tag team or whatever. Eichner and Barthel without Walter, but for whatever reason, in the last month or so, they felt. A little more important to me They kind of felt like a little bit bigger of a deal Their match that I've seen The work that we've seen from them Is always going to be really really good I, I don't Before they kind of had that go away heat with me They definitely don't have that anymore And then you add Walter in the mix And you add Riddle on the other side These Oh if this thing gets 20 minutes Whew 15-20 this thing could be awesome I, I've I've hated Imperium from day one, and we both have said that Imperium really didn't feel important unless Walter was with them, and that was that's what had happened. Uh, a flip switch for me, I, I believe at War Games, that they just something happened with these two, and became felt much more important. And now, um, of all the matches that needs time. Uh, you know, I think AJ Grayson uh, deserves some time. I think Carmelo and Roderick deserve some time. But honestly, this match right here, if you want pops, MSK is phenomenal. We have never had one negative thing to say about them inside the ring. Their mic work has been really goofy. You know, they weren't the strongest in impact when they were over there. But in the ring, they have been special. And this match right here, is going to be incredible to watch, and I can't wait. Because, look, I'm a huge Riddle fan. He came up through NXT. Now he's coming down and going to work a match. It, 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 and then Walter, you bring in Walter, uh, this this is this is good stuff here. And this goes to show you again what you and I have talked about since we've started this week in wrestling. You don't have to have weeks of silly, silly buildup to make something happen. It started with a shaman gimmick. And now Walter comes in and boom, we've got a six-man tag that everyone's talking about. And we didn't even really tonight. love what they did with this last week. We didn't love their segment when they were no, and I a didn't, little too I goofy. Didn't, I didn't. But I did I did think the way that they, they did the with with Riddle on the on like the Skype call, you know, and then, <laughs> and then he, he cuts in on Walter's, hey bro, hey, don't bro. talk to my bros like that. Like I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Um yeah. oh, so yeah. Dude, Walter and Riddle, these guys are gonna just oh when they get in the ring, this is <laughs> gonna, gonna be, be some awesome. chops. Yeah, I am gonna super some, there's pumped. gonna be some stiff chops going on there. This I'm gonna pop. And we get uh Ciampa versus Braun Breaker singles match for the NXT championship. Is this the moment for Braun? It has to be. Got right? It. Yeah, it, it has be. to be. If he loses anyway, if there's any other finish, a DQ He's in trouble. Uh, he becomes like he's Luger. in trouble. Yeah, he, he, he can't do it. 
you know what? That 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 made me laugh. But it's not right? funny. Ninety three or a SummerSlam. He's celebrating, and the the balloons and the confetti's coming down, and he's celebrating the the DQ win. You know. <laughs> you know what? It's not funny because I'm making fun of you. It's funny because it's spot on. I didn't even think about that. Uh, yeah. Look, if it's a DQ, that means we're we're going to continue this, and we don't again. We don't Tommaso, need to. You guys have already had a singles and then had their it. interaction this, working. Yeah, this this story does not need to be told anymore. It's like the UFC. You have a couple of guys fight for the championship, right? One guy wins. The champion wins, but it's a hell of a fight, right? Then you have the rematch, and if the other, if either the champion or the challenger destroys the other one and wins in the rematch, that's it. There does not need to be a third indecisive. This look the hundred the ninety nine point nine percent sure bet here on this card from me would be Braun as your new champion. There's no other finish than that, or I'm going to say this pay per view was a failure. And I, I'm best bet of the weekend. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. If you're looking for a single in the pick five, <laughs> that is the uh, NXT New Year's Evil card. That is it. The, the single Ooh. for me. And it's got to be the moment. And then once Absolutely. he wins, if you want to have another rematch on TV with him as the champ, as like Champa, Champa's, last, you know, Champa's last chance, or he tries to get it back, or Champa's going to go crazy. He needs Goldie back. That's fine. Sure. Th- that's I, I, fine. Sure. But Braun can't lose again. Probably right now, <laughs> he can't. That's can't. amazing. That you made can't my do day. it to him. You <laughs> can't do it to him. We can't. All I think about when I remember Lex is that that WrestleMania in Vegas when they're outside. Right? Did he work Yokozuna or was that Hogan? Or not Hogan? That was when he worked perfect. Because then, That's right? Or outside Hogan? Because what? Remember what ends up happening is after the match that he has with Perfect. He perfect runs back and 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 Luger and Shawn Michaels are just like chilling backstage and they're like yeah! <laughs> brawl back there with like the three of them. It was really and, funny. And Jim Ross, they're all in like in the togas. Togas, oh, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, I just man, that was a man that made my day, dude. Chalk it up for for Gino, a plus oh. there. That was fantastic. <laughs> there that we was go. Great. And we great. can chalk that one up for uh. <laughs> New Year's Evil that's coming up next week on Tuesday. So we head on over to AEW, AEW Dynamite. This was their final episode of the year and this is going to be the final episode on TNT. They're going to be moving over to TBS starting January the 1st. I you know what? Coop, you and I are are a little harder on AEW than a lot of AEW fans are just because we I mean, we're hard on WWE too. We're we're hard on everyone. So that that's I think where we differ. We just kind of will critique whatever and praise whatever. I saw a lot of the really hardcore AEW fans that didn't like this show very much. It um, wasn't very good. It was. It really, it was really too, wasn't. It to, to me, it was it was too talkative. Uh, there, there were too it was many really promos. Weird. They had a couple longer, like multi-man matches, and then they did a bunch of promos. Kind of like all in a row. It wasn't. It, it was just very, very weird. I wonder if they were also dealing with maybe some production people missing some issues, like with WWE, because it just seemed like things were a little bit off for them. A lot of the in ring work was fine. We opened the the show uh, with 
Great, great for Jim Ross to be back. Really great yes. stuff for JR. Yeah. Everybody was so happy to see him back. Um, so Jim had, an, I think, like 20 cancer treatments over the last couple months. So, so far, he is doing great and he is cancer free at the moment. So, great news. JR comes back. I, I rewounded at the beginning when he said, when he sat down and he was like, let's get right into it. I swear for a moment, I thought he said, let's get raw. I was like, no, I was like, he didn't do that. He did not do that. I was like, did he forget for a second where he, and then I, I had to go back. I was like, okay, see, let's get right into it. But he kind of muffled. I was like, he did not say no, that. No, he did oh. not. Like, no. um, but he did it, which. Um, the, the one thing that I, I think that you and I have agreed upon. Yeah, we are, we are hard on AEW. But the, look, the one thing we have agreed upon, we think, or we, we don't think, there's just so many damn Factions, and we saw another one before again. It's a it's lot. Just so many, you, you get lost in it. You, you get really lost do. In it. You need a scorecard to keep up with everything. And you know, you got Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage versus, uh, or and the Lucha Brothers versus Matt Hardy, Private Party, and FTR. So I can't believe Christian took the pin there. That was Christian's only lost twice. His yeah. only other loss was to Kenny Omega. To Kenny Omega. <laughs> Yeah. And he's losing in a main event for the title, and he's losing this match in like a throwaway opener yeah. on a holiday show. This is that was interesting to me. Well, I mean, but what are you? Why? Why? I don't know this, why that team. I, I, I isn't don't Jungle why Boy they would lose anyway? Like, isn't Jungle Boy the guy that you would figure is the most that you're? I mean, I and I feel like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus they should win the tag titles probably soon. I, this Pretty was weird. Soon. That was yeah, weird. They're on the same team with the Lucha Bros, right? I, I just yeah. it was a weird opening. It was just weird, weird, weird. Uh, I look there was and so then the next, so the next match, which comes right <laughs> after, which comes right after. So you go from a ten man tag to a six man tag. Six man, yeah. And then you've got Kingston, who a month ago was the hottest <laughs> guy in the company. We were literally <laughs> talking about should this guy. Be the guy to beat CM Punk clean. He had yeah. this incredible article in the Players Tribune talking about his struggles with mental health, and he caught lightning in a bottle. I think when Moxley had some of the problems that he had, a lot of people sort of wanted to to root for Kingston, you know. And he's getting pinned to 2.0 and Daniel Garcia here. I, why? Huh? I and then care. now, and then now. I, you're going to put him and Y2J in a storyline? I, I I just, again, look, we crap on WWE a lot. Not as much as AEW, but we do. We crapped on WWE a lot today. Uh, I, I just, those first two matches, I, I, I didn't get. There were too many participants. And Kingston has been, that dude has been, whether you like him or not, He's been very entertaining for AEW for the last, Naturally for the last half of the year, right? I mean, he came out of nowhere, and then you, he was in main event storylines because you, you couldn't keep him out of them because the people wanted to see him so much. Even if you want to do something with Jericho, you could have had them win the match and then the heels beat them down afterwards and Jericho make the save or whatever. You don't need... 
like it just is so for a, a company that cares a lot about the wins and losses and stuff. This seemed so weird. Both of these two matches, the results of them, it made no sense whatsoever. As 2.0 and Daniel Garcia get the win, they've been fun, entertaining, but they've just been jobbers to the stars. They I have know, never, right? and so now, and then I, they, and especially on dark and in elevation or, or whatever, I, you know, Matt Hardy and private, you know, private party hasn't done anything, and FTR has been on or off. I, you know, for that match and then 2.0 as funny as they have been they've been entertaining but those guys shouldn't be beating a lot of people they're they're the classic entertaining jobbers that need to lose and just these first two matches uh, I, I will say this as we go into the next segment i thought mjf uh the sean spears and the wardlow promo and then have uh, the contract come out and say, oh, yeah, you know, you're right, Wardlow. If you win this, you got to get to MJF. I actually thought that was one of the best part of the day. Me too. Show. I liked you know, it. I did, unfortunately. MJF was great. He was talking about so damn good. unsafe working conditions. <laughs> he said ring or he, he goes, who trains Sting? You know where? Nobody. He was never trained. He shouldn't even be in this company. He should have never wrestled. The Anderthal, and he's just going off. He said if he was working for a more professional company, those kind of things wouldn't happen. He said that's a conversation for the bidding war of 2024. <laughs> Loved it. Which what a lie. I can't wait till that becomes a thing in about six months. It's going to be fantastic. It, right? He's going to start you know, it. Like, he's going to start WWE. it a year and a half out. He's going to start you know it. WWE is going to offer tons more money. Then what AEW is going to offer. WWE is going to do some goofy stuff from their Twitter to like lean into it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, they'll, they'll do some. But this Especially was, the WWE on Fox account. That count. They're funny. Off the cuff all the time. So uh, MJF said he's going to start racking up some wins next week. Then we got the little backstage. See, this is what I mean. We had these two longer six man tags, and then we had backstage, backstage, backstage couple segments um i wonder if we end up actually getting a christian heel turn it kind of seems a little bit like they may be going that way yeah, um and that think. could lead to like christian versus jungle boy you know and I, maybe just, I just hate gino i just hate that as soon as christian came to aew remember it was a poor he showed up on a pay-per-view just walked into the ring and kind of held his hands up and then you immediately immediately gave him a title shot and he won the impact title. I, I just think that hurt him more than it helped him. He's, I, he's been just totally out of sight, out of mind for yes. a while. And just some backstage goofy stuff. I wouldn't mind him and jungle boy, you know, I, that'll be a, that'd be a good match. Me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I, I just, when you, you, you had a Wardlow squash match in there, I think too. the people are getting really behind Wardlow, man. They love and, his power. They are. And they They're are chanting and, for him. And, 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 and he's going to turn. He's probably going to win whatever. What was the match called that they're going to have? The face of the revolution ladder match. Is that yeah. what it was called? Yeah. He probably wins that. Because that would make that storyline even better. Because contractually, you have to give that, that title shot to MJF. So I, I think that would be pretty good. But then, you, like you said, we've we got a couple of promos here with the Elite and Undisputed Era, which we kind of are what they were known as the undisputed era 
which led to the you know the main event. But okay, so this is around. this is let's talk about that undisputed era stuff. So that's what okay. they were in NXT. Now right. AEW, if you're a really hardcore wrestling fan and you followed a lot of these companies and stuff, you you understand. If you're someone who is just a fan of all elite wrestling, and you've just and you started watching all elite wrestling when they started on TNT and you watch their show on TNT every week and you don't watch other wrestling companies or you don't watch YouTube stuff, you have absolutely no clue at hell what's going on here. No, absolutely. And that's not. my problem Especially is that this week. you've got to give somebody a little bit of like, who is Bobby fish? Who is O'Reilly? What are you talking about? Like, what past do they have together? Why is it interesting? And oh yeah, by the way, the whole the biggest thing is the last time we saw Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, they were putting each other in a hospital. Like, right. and now they're just buddy buddies because Kyle said, "Oh yeah, I need. I, I this is how it works around here. We've all got factions." Now I do. I think that the the moving forward stuff of like. Where's Adam Cole going to go? And then Kenny Omega in this and like this group versus the elite group like that stuff. I'm fine with, but you got to give us some groundwork first. You got to let people know who these guys are. Why? Why is this a big deal that he comes in here? I, I mean, they just assume everybody knows everything that's happening. And that's not at all the case. You can't do that. Uh, it just it's uh. It's hard. Look, if this was the only faction type storyline on this show, but uh, uh, taking your words, if you if you're watching AEW, you're seeing a lot of okay, this is WWE, so I know this person. There's not a lot of people. Look, the hardcore wrestler wrestling fans, you and I, even though we didn't watch ROH or maybe Impact every week, we kind of know what's going on. Right, we know they're champions. We know their background. We know their history. If they come to NXT or WWE, we're definitely going to take a look at it. Wikipedia, whatever. But this is this has become nightmarish for AEW because basically what we're going going with here now is you've pulled Bobby Fish from NXT. Uh, you've pulled Kyle O'Reilly. You know, in, in Hillman Cole. Uh, and those guys were in ROH, NXT together. Uh, they basically cry for the reunion. And now we're already getting them tur- turning on each other. Here come the Bucks. We told you what was going to happen. We told you. Look, I thought the match was pretty. Let's jump to the main event. I do want to talk about some of these promos. Yeah, we we'll get back to some of them. But while we're talking right? about this, we can jump. The match is fine. Like The match was okay. always going to have a good match, right? It's it, never going to be It was a bad. little spotty. Kyle O'Reilly had a couple of little spots, you know. Um, there was some little hunky dory stuff with with Chuck Trent and Orange Cassidy had to do a couple of things that I don't think that that Fish and O'Reilly was really ready for, so they kind of had to wait around. But I had no problem with the match, right? Then the, the finish, we got a gimmick finish where they where they was it O'Reilly or Fish knocks Cole to the ground. I, I believe it was O'Reilly. It was just a week before. They're crying on each other's shoulder that that we're separated, we're back, and here come the Bucks, and now we've got another. And then the Bucks help them win, but then get pissed off. Why would they come in and help them win, and then after the match say, "What? Where's Adam Cole's looking around because 
Fish and O'Reilly are holding up their hands and 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 Cole's hands not being raised, and they're all look. It was there's just a lot. It's so much happening. There's it seems so like a lot of those matches end and a lot of people interfering, and I think that takes away from a lot of the matches. Look, you and I both said it. Those live crowds are going to be hot. That's your indie crowd supersized on steroids, and they love their AEW, but that does not translate to good ratings on television. Look, last Wednesday, they popped a million. Uh, I, I just looked. Uh, they're back under a million at 975, which is pretty good. There's a lot of people home during the holidays. Um, this Friday night on New Year's Eve probably won't do any good. Their last Saturday show on Christmas night was 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 just bad. But this doesn't help it when you're sitting there mm-hmm. watching on TV and there's nine people beating the hell out of each other after every match. It That's does. all I'm saying. It's just hard to follow. It's really hard to follow. We got a let's talk uh, about Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert <laughs> with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. He says nothing's cool about Cody Rhodes. Seeing Arn Anderson makes him sad. He used to be a horseman and now he's just a whore. <laughs> and then he said that's a perfect segue to Brandy. Brandy. He said the only Brandy I've ever known, that's a stripper name. I thought that <laughs> was fantastic. This this is actually pretty funny. Um, and then he says, Cody, you know, he, t- he starts ripping on the neck tattoo. He said he's never made it till he cut a backstage deal with Tony Khan. Um, he says AEW fans are idiots, but even they don't like the shit sandwich he's shoving down their throat. He says he <laughs> he said he got asked to come out here and get him to cheer Cody, which I thought was great too. Um, and, and here's the here's here's the kicker. Where was Cody? He's not around. Now, Dustin makes the save. Maybe Dustin he's out. comes out, and Brandy, like you know, she's kind of cringy a lot, and you kind of roll, kind of roll your she's eyes a smoke with her. Show. Don't she's good wrong. looking, and she's like, she's not she can very cut good in the ring. No, and and then and you can just it all just feels too forced with her, yes, like what she good, wants to word. be and who yeah. she wants to be, and she kind of wants to elevate herself. And I mean, she, the work she did was okay here. Um, I more I just laughed a lot at what Lambert was saying at the beginning, you know, and <laughs> and they can't. I was reading some stuff. They cannot, cannot do something where they may be going where it's like anything with Brandy and Dan Lambert in the ring. Do no. not get, no. do not get there in a any kind of a mixed tag or this kind of a. Cody and Brandy versus yes, stipulation. She I don't want don't, him or paint don't do it. Street. No, don't no, do it. Do not. If you want to have that. her get her come up in and hit a move on him after a match or something, spot? yeah, I'm okay. Spot? With that. Sure, come in and have her slap him or something like that. Don't have it actually be in the ring. That will be awful. That will be awful. And okay, we've got the biggest match in our company. Coming up next week, we're changing networks. <laughs> we're going to have a freaking huge, we're going to make a big deal about the fact that we've got a massive rematch next week for the title where we're going to have these judges coming in. I mean, it's Brian Danielson, one of the biggest stars in wrestling over the last decade, and Hangman Page, the guy that we've been grooming from the very beginning that's now our guy. This ha- I mean, they've got to be interviewing every Every person on the show and asking them who they think is going to win next week. Right, yes. Coop? 
Like, yes. I mean, making this the biggest deal of everything, right? Like, that's what we got on this show, right? <laughs> what, what the hell was, like, we, we, I mean, we got a package. That, like a, a that small video that package. That wasn't mind-blowing. That wasn't mind-blowing at all. Where, where's Hangman? Where's Brian Danielson? And if they're sick, if they're out, if they're missing, do what WWE just did. Have them cut a video promo. Yeah, You can work around it. They're... I don't. I know they got Rampage coming up. I don't care. I don't get that Rampage. Yeah, is on but if you look at the Rampage, if you look at the Rampage card, it ain't and it's New good, Year's brother. Eve. Friday is New Year's Eve night, so yeah. people aren't going to be watching that on New Year's Eve. This was no, the night you no. had to promote it for next week. Hell, See, this was your. This was the official go home show for the big big Wednesday. Uh, I don't next week. Why? I, and people get annoyed when WWE does something like this, but I'm. I, I, th- how are they not hitting you over the head with the the, the network change next week too? Like that should have think... been every commercial coming in and out. Next week we're going to be on TBS. Next week we're going to be on T. Remind you, I'm actually I'm sh- I'm shocked WWE didn't do that as much, reminding us that this pay per view is going to be on Saturday this week. You know, normally it would be Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. That's something that. Yes, we kind of roll our eyes as fans. Oh, they just said it. Why do they say it again? But you know what? It sinks into your brain and you remember. I I thought they they did not set up the, the, the main event title match well at all. No, and, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. I They rely on social media so much, which is a, a fantastic tool. But at the same time, if you rely solely on social media and don't do it during the show, people just don't tune in. And look, next Wednesday's card looks good. We'll go over it after we finish with with this dynamite. Look, there, there's three, three or four title matches, right? But neither one of them around. I, I again, I just, I, I don't know, man. This was this was so talk heavy, and to not have either one of them really talk was beyond words for me. They're not around, and Cody's not around. But in like but back Dustin back was, but Dustin in some of the feuds together. they're pushing. Yeah. Um. We got Jade Thunder Rosa. And here we go. You know, Jade is like taking small steps forward, but she's still really not rough. enough. And you, you know, and she's not. No. Really high on her, but she has not progressed at she's the not level. Right. Ready enough yet? Um. No. No. And unfortunately. They probably are going to have to put the title on her. We'll see. Uh, I'm, 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 you know, we'll see what, the, what happens with her and, and and Ruby. This was, this was probably what needed to happen though, because Thunder, Thunder actually should be in the main women's title picture with Britt. Right. She right. is one of the most talented women in this division, and she's like the only one that even remotely feels like they would have a chance to beat Britt. Only and because you could lean into the fact that she did beat her before and the history that they have with, with the the hardcore match, but Thunder Rosa gets attacked and it is uh, Mercedes Martinez that in, the hood. Yeah. in the hood. So Jade Cargill gets the win. We'll probably get something with Thunder and Mercedes, and then that should lead Thunder back to Britt, right? Right. Well, that that, that that's the plan. I. I... Because Britt's got Riho coming up. Uh, right. Um, what's interesting here is I, I, I don't have a problem with what AEW signed, who they signed, because we've talked about this 
they have to come from some company, right? And look, a majority of your big name guys and girls right now are WWE, a majority of the time. So when they leave WWE, they grab them. It just, look, I love to gauge the in the moment crowd. And I'll tell you this, man, every week it gets, there's more and more angry our anger there was a lot of people who were angry that thunder rosa didn't go over in that match now you and i thought that was probably the right finish because she needs to be with Britt. Mm -hmm. but there were a lot of people angry and there are a lot of people hey look mercedes martinez can go she's a badass he's very good i think it really helps this women's division it does there now their women's division it still it still feels like it's Brit and then everybody else, but the everybody else do they they have done a, a much better job in the last two months with their women's division because there do feel like there are five or six women that could legitimately hold the second women's title. Right. So right. the TBS title now, if it is Jade or Ruby or a Mercedes or even the Ty Conti. Someone like that, or a Sheeta, or any of them, or Nyla, they all feel fine to hold the TBS title. I don't think that they should be beating Brit, so they gotta they gotta do a better job of still kind of closing the gap between Brit to everybody else. But before it was like Brit and then nothing. Now it's like Brit, a big gap, and then at least there's like a mid card of the women that I will give them credit for. I, the 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 tournament's taken too long. It's gone on for way too long and stuff. But by giving them more time and giving them a little bit more opportunity over and over, it's something that doesn't happen immediately. It takes a few weeks or a month to go. Oh, okay, you know what? These girls are all improving quite a bit. They're getting better. They're getting more time, and that's sort of what you'd like to see from them. And um, the one that just doesn't seem like she's improving quite enough though is Jade, and it's going to be Jade versus Ruby. In the final there. So what do you think? You think uh, Jade or are you going to go Ruby? Oh, man. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I I don't know. Um, I'm going to guess and just go with Jade. Uh, they probably give it to Ruby as a, hey, look, we brought you in. You've already tapped out to Brett, you know, type deal. Um, my, the bigger question I have for you and for wrestling now you have Mercedes, she jumps Thunder Rosa, and so now you're going to have kind of them put on a hell of a match, because I've seen those two in Beaumont, Texas, at Hurricane Pro Wrestling. Their match is going to be better than all the other women's stuff. <laughs> it, it will. So my, my thing is, I love Britt Baker. She's not going to beat Mercedes Martinez in a one-on-one matchup. What, do, what, what plans do you have Mercedes? Is she a mercenary? Does she just start wiping out people? Does she not care about the title? Uh, because again, next Wednesday, we don't have Brit. Uh, uh, I'm looking at the card. The the only women's match you have is Ruby and Jade. I, I think you just don't. So Saturday night fight night, Brit will defend her AEW women's title against Riho. Um they that's also have that to me. Battle of the Belt show, which nobody's talked about. They have nothing set up for, nothing, and that's only an hour. For that. That's only an hour-long show that's supposed to be a special. That and it will be taped, right? Probably, or no? Will it, it, I mean, it was supposed to be like a Clash of the Champions type thing. 
that they had when they talked about it a year ago that they were going to be like four of these specials a year that are like big deal, but it's only an hour long. I don't yeah. know how how much are they going to do one match? That's a draw, you know. Like, <laughs> what, um, we're a few more things to finish up before we let Coop get out of here. So Punk, um, nice nice for him to come out and uh, say what he said about um about Huber about Brody Lee and uh you know say that he thought you know. The, this is some of the reason why he came here. I thought it was really weird that he sort of kind of was talking like he was done with MJF almost. Yeah. He did say MJF was a bigger waste of con money than Tim Tebow, which <laughs> was a pretty funny line. <laughs> and, uh, and he said that he, it would be a real shame if somebody messed with MJF's quest for gold. So maybe they're both trying to get the title. I don't know how it's going to be, but it was Kind of weird that he was sort of seeming like they're done. I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but that seemed a little off. Do you think? Okay, so Hangman has to beat Brian Danielson, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you think Punk is that? You know, as we talked earlier for you know on on the Raw side of things with Big E, what's next for him? What what's next for it Hangman would, after? It this? Would be the best of all. Don't you? If don't if I Punk think that's. I think if that's, Punk a, that's did good. it to cheat and cheated to yes. do it. Yes. If he cheated to win that title, and then and then he was the asshole Punk right afterwards. Yeah, go in as the Becky, the in betweener. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna and then do pull that. the Bianca move. Yep. Yeah, like just, just like that. that. Yep. Exactly. That. You're like smiling, and then Punk does something real cheap, foot on the ropes, you know, to win, and then. Everyone starts to turn on him, and then he gets to really lean in and be the ass. And then that would be great because you could have M, you know, you could have MJF. Be, I told you so. MJF, <laughs> MJF gets to be Bobby Heenan, you know, yeah. when Hulk Hogan when Hulk Hogan does the NWL. I told you so. I told you so. I've been telling you all along. This guy. You know? So uh, Pillman Jr. cut a little promo. I mean, you got he's... him and Malachi Black. Are you excited about that? I, I look at the card. For Friday and next week, and I, and I don't see them on it because Friday you have Cody and Ethan for the TNT title, Darby versus Anthony Bowens, and you have Penelope Ford and the Bunny versus Anna Jay and Ty Conti in a street fight. That's for Friday. Well, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Malachi Black and Pillman Jr. are scheduled for the big next week Wednesday. Wednesday. Night. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. we'll see them so, on so Wednesday. Okay. Next week, and we'll we'll see if they can continue on with this feud. I mean, it's it's good for Pillman, but it just seems like it's something that's below Malachi. Yeah, it's below Malachi, and, I agree. And, um, Bowen's Darby Allen. I thought it was funny. Caster called him My Chemical Romance. And, yeah. and he just had a cool little. Uh, which, that's fantastic. It was good jams. I was listening to some My Ooh. Chemical Romance there, and but I mean, like we had at one point they went Ricky Starks talking oh, about yeah? Dante Martin stuff, and he said. You know, powerhouse Hobbs questions if he really wants to go a second round with them. So Stark. Then you had Sammy, who re, you know with his cards, and he said he has a resolution for 2022 to beat the American Nightmare. Then you had Sheeta in a video package with Deeb. Then you had Pillman being interviewed, and that's what I mean about the the pacing. This was all back to back to back to back, and yeah. then it was Bowen's Darby Darby stuff back to back to back to back. And then we got to the main event match there, which we uh, which we'd already discussed. So. Yeah, one of the weaker shows to end the uh, TNT era of AEW Dynamite, but they do have a lot scheduled uh, for the next couple episodes, so we'll see if they can have a, a big show on Friday night, and then next week, 
Dan- Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page on their first TBS show with the judges there. Coop a loop, my man. Uh, Houston, shout out to Houston, huh? Hey, man, I thought I was dead in the water there. I'm like, we can't do anything right. And then all of a sudden, hey, we get a late touchdown. Hey, hey look, we know there was a massive holding on that play. He'll we didn't have it. to have the color commentator just continue to say that. Hey, just give it. And th- what I thought was the funniest was the was the the Birmingham Bowl trophy on the backside of the trophy. The, the, Did you see the ass on that thing? The ass. That, this dude, guy is like, that dude. I'm like, what are we doing here? He's got an apron on the he front. He must on the work back. out. His ass is just showing. That just Dana just having fun with the trophy and just posing with it all over. Uh, Social media, I thought it was a blast. We got to win. Hey, a 12-win season at Houston is pretty phenomenal. I don't care if it was Auburn without their quarterback. I'll take it. It was SEC. That was great stuff. Koopa Loop, my man, thank you so much, buddy. Got it, buddy. Give you a follow at the Chad Cooper, and we will uh, uh, wish you a very, very happy new year. Hope it's safe out there for you. We'll check in with you again uh, next year, 2022. Hey, if you're if you're bored on New Year's Eve and you're tired of football and you're not going out, you're tired of watching the music, Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona are getting married in Las Vegas on Friday night, and their wedding party features Deanna Perrazzo. Nice, uh, yeah. Valkyrie. They're all going to be drunk and having a great time. Just go to their Instagram and check out their stories. It ought to be a fun Friday night. We're going to follow along and live vicariously <laughs> through them on uh, Friday night. Loop, man, happy holidays. Stay safe you over too, there. Buddy. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Let's do it, man. Do not go anywhere, folks. Still plenty more on this episode of That's What G Said. Big thank you to Koopaloop for helping us out and uh, calling that audible with me when I needed to go a day later. Eric has been here with us every single week of the NFL season, and we are going to be talking playoffs next week. Make sure to follow. If you follow me on Twitter, it's me, Gino B. You'll always get updated with all the, the best info. We'll have an early episode next week where we talk uh, Wednesday and Thursday racing, so we'll talk some Wednesday racing, then Thursday Sam Houston we'll get you the next recap on the book of Boba Fett, I've got the history of the Royal Rumble that we just recorded with Darren where we go through every single Royal Rumble, we'll give you San, San Anita, Sam Houston each and every time they are racing, NFL playoffs on the way, we're going to get you all of that right here on That's What G Said Do you ever feel angry Confused or bewildered when your sports wagers just don't hit after a real gut feeling? Do you ever feel like your personal team biases are affecting your ability to think clearly when placing bets? Then maybe it's time to ask your doctor about Better Than Vegas. Sideline your impulses to flip a coin deciding the last leg of your parlay. Free yourself from humiliation as your betting ignorance dissipates into thin air. Side effects may include swollen wallet, tears of joy, and be sure to see your spouse if you have an erection lasting longer than four hours. Start treatment today at betterthan.vegas and by following at BTVBets on Twitter. Better Than Vegas.